0: This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter.
1: This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is Mike, and you can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter.
0: And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com, find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, and you can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer uh and today on the podcast we are talking about our 2016 best and worst movies of the year um it's an episode that we're super excited about we always enjoy having it uh doing it and we have a returning co-host in our mists
1: yeah that well now yeah. i only come back for my favorite episodes oh that's like i come back and do it i do a guest spot three times a year or yeah. on the ones that i like
2: <laughs> you're like you're like eastmasters at church they only yeah, show up for christmas right. and Easter. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like i was so prepared to just think like that sounded like such a backhanded compliment no, it was it was
1: t- jokingly so I, <laughs> right, I, I, right. I love you guys um, yeah. but yeah, no, this is this is always this I mm-hmm. think is always my my favorite episode every year um and i I would not miss this episode for the world. Um, things have changed a bit in my life, mm-hmm. and i think I think we 'll talk about that a little bit but i'm i 'm oh, always yeah. excited to talk top tens and i 'm always excited to recap a year
0: oh, absolutely, absolutely, and this is always the one that i 'm looking forward to each year as well. And uh, before we get into the meat of it, I have a couple news items that I want to bring up. Just uh, some stuff going on that I want to pay special mention to. Uh, Recently, Tiny and I were guests on a podcast. Um, We did a guest spot on the podcast Boob Tube Buddies. (laughs) 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 Boobs. Yeah, tubes. Um, No. (laughs) where we uh we talked about the black mirror episode the waldo moment um with them over there with foxman over there and uh that was a lot of fun so check that out i'll put a link in the show notes um to to their site and everything and also tiny was a guest on my solo podcast anthology which hasn't been released yet but um but yeah we talked about the time element and i'll put a link to that that site in the show notes, essentially, because uh, it hasn't been edited and released yet. So, so I just wanted to say that at the top of the episode, and then uh, then we can kind of go into it. So, how's it going, guys? Tiny, you haven't said anything.
2: I'm good. I'm really good. good. Yes. Good.
0: <laughs> Are you feeling better? Because you were much sick.
2: better. Good. Very congested the last several recordings.
0: Yes. The uh, oh. Mike. Mike, did you listen to the Rogue One episode?
1: I did not. Oh, that's. I know. I'm the worst. No, I, it's fine. Listen. I... <laughs> I do, it's not just that I don't listen to you guys. I don't. I basically don't listen to podcasts anymore. Am yep. I supposed to I even say that? I'm supposed to lie? Of course, I listen to you guys. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. We, no, yeah. I I'm I'm really into <laughs> audiobooks on the way to and from work. Okay.
2: Uh, and so i been That's listening to a lot of books. Nice. Well, it's funny you say that because Matt just finished his first novel.
0: I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> at all just kidding a, um,
1: <laughs> no today i finished uh carrie fisher's um the princess diarist oh wow. no, she came out a couple weeks before uh she kind of surprisingly tragically passed um, yeah. i was actually listening to it on the drive home from um christmas stuff mm-hmm the day before she died and so it was, it was kind of a I, I don't mean to make that sound like i have some special coincidental connection or anything like that right. it, it's it's purely coincidental but uh it was kind of a weird thing listening to her read the audiobook and then and then the next day find out that she died
0: yeah yeah and that was that was rough too like we i mean we we took a week off between rogue one and this episode to kind of you know decompress enjoy the holidays mm-hmm. and uh and you know Put together our list and stuff so we haven't really even talked about that and it's oh man that's just that that whole thing her and debbie reynolds yeah that's just that oh was my gosh, so debbie terrible reynolds
1: literally literally dying of heartbreak the next day
0: mm-hmm. absolutely right unbelievable. Just, just couldn't go yeah.
1: like i refusing to bury her daughter and dying literally of heartbreak isn't that crazy mm-hmm.
0: That is. It is. It's it's unbelievably tragic. It's yeah. it's super super sad. Yeah. And, and so not
1: uh, like it. it it's kind of gross to like rank the sadness of celebrity deaths, but uh, right. You know, like a a lot of them were kind of tough, kind of crazy, and and mm. I respect Prince, and I respect David Bowie and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, I loved Carrie Fisher. I, right. Listen to this podcast, know how much I love Star Wars, and so that was pretty, it, it put a weird, someone who doesn't um, uh, take death very seriously, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm not affected by a lot of stuff. I, I, was, I was, it was a pretty gray day that day when, when yeah. I got the text that she died
2: agreed
0: yeah i mean uh, you know i was uh, pretty affected by it too it was super uh not necessarily shocking cuz i i don't know it was it was shocking in that you know the last report was that she was stable and i like i knew okay that's that's not yeah. obviously it's a it's a pretty big heart attack there's it's not you know she's not going to it's not like oh she's going to be fine but i thought like okay well maybe if she was out of the woods maybe it would be you know she she'd make a recovery but man yeah. and that was that was a shock yeah it was uh
1: you know also on a on a on a podcast where we talk about movies and things i th- i think a listener would say okay well this is where they speculate if she's going to be in episode 9 and and i know that we all thought of it i just think yeah. it's a little distasteful to talk about
0: that i, right I definitely now. agree
1: you know a little selfish oh, yeah. Right. Um, Absolutely. So maybe on another podcast we can we can kind of talk about episode nine. But she did complete mm-hmm. filming on episode eight and mm-hmm. uh I just I just I miss her and I and I hope her family is doing all right.
2: Agreed. Same yeah.
0: here. Yep. Um but uh let's go ahead and dig into our to our episode here. There's yeah, not really right. any good transition there. <laughs> no. Um so yeah, this is the big year in review episode and it's always one that we're super excited to do and we kind of we kind of have like a like a format that we're gonna kind of try to adhere to so first and foremost i just want to kind of get everyone's thoughts on on the year of 2016 as a whole um both personally and in terms of movies. Um, And also, kind of throwing this out there, uh, did you guys see any 2015 movies throughout 2016 that would have changed your top 10 from 2015? Well,
1: if I could begin. Absolutely. I have one, actually,
0: that's on my list.
1: I guess if you read the show notes, who cares? My number eight is Room, (laughs) which... Which I get. I mean, technically, I think has a 2015 release, but
0: it wasn't wide until January. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think I think Room was like one of my top ones last year. But but yeah, and, was it I on mean, your list? Okay, I can it take was. it off
1: because I have a I have a, an easy like I can I can shift things around. I, I'd rather play fair than than throw in a curveball. Um, okay.
0: Um. Yeah. Sure. I, I mean, if you want to, it's, yeah.
1: But because because yeah. I would say that's one of one of my favorites that really blew me away Mm
0: -hmm. oh yeah did you not you didn't see that until this year
1: i mean i saw it in january gotcha i still haven't seen it
0: oh really yeah oh dude yeah get on that i
1: know (laughs) wait did i have it on my list from last year i'm so embarrassed i'm so unprepared
0: (laughs) oh no it's all good (laughs) um yeah i don't think you did because i think i listened to that episode and i don't i don't think you did
1: all right. Then clown is back in at number 10. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um yeah, so so how was how was everyone's year? Just on on purely uh personal terms and then movie terms and then if you have any other movies to throw out.
2: Mine was pretty great. I mean, it's, I feel like election years are always hard because Mm -hmm. elections suck and (laughs) half the country is going to be bummed no matter what. So it's, it's always, it feels like an election year is, is destined to be panned, uh, publicly quite a bit. And there were many other things in 2016 that caused, caused it to be a rough year as well. Um, but I had a good year. I got engaged and I, had a lot of good things happen throughout the year. I actually just got a new job, nice. which I'll be starting next week. <clears throat> it's really funny because cool. that is the, we've been doing this podcast for three years, three and a half <laughs> That is the yeah. fourth job I will have since we started Damn, the podcast. that's right. Because <laughs> when we, our first episode we recorded, I was kind of like about to be fired from my, that job at the time. Then I went back to security that's for right, a while. Yeah. Then I went to the trucking company and now I'm going to a new job. So this will be the fourth place I will have worked since we started the podcast.
0: Get your shit together, Tiny. <laughs> I know.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as, uh, as far as statistics for watching movies for the year. Wait, let's
0: go into viewing stats later.
2: I'm not going to. I'm not going oh, gotcha. to go into my statistics. I'm just going to say it was a bad. It was a bad year. Gotcha. Not a lot happened. This is like the. This is the lowest uh, amount I've ever had. So, wow. but it was it was a good, pretty good year in movies though. Oh. It yeah. was a fun year in movies. So I, I enjoyed it. Still, it's it's always it's always fun how much we get to see. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. Yeah. And uh, Mike personally and in movies, how was how was 2016? I think you you already covered a little bit of it. Go yeah. On, no. On. I uh,
1: there's there's a couple things I could say. Um, as far as personally, I know 2016 is is will go down in history as one of the worst years as far as the internet <laughs> is concerned. Yeah. Um, but it has been the best year of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I finished <laughs> school. I have a son now. Uh, the Cubs won the World Series. My brother got married. It's oh, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a great 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 personal year um, at the cost of the amount of movies I watched this year <laughs> yeah um, that like right. you know, like tiny that was pretty low as well um as far as how I felt about the movies this year um, I, I, I remember last year we were kind of talking about the quality of the movies and I think Matt at one point you said, that it really didn't feel like a great year for movies. And I kind of disagreed. I remember thinking I had a few favorites. Um, but I, I think I'm going to be that guy this year and say there are, I, Um, we'll jump ahead and just say, I did not see some of the, the, the critically acclaimed ones here at the end. Like none of the, none of the Oscar bait movies. I haven't seen La La Land yet. I haven't seen Fences. I haven't seen Manchester by the Sea. So I think a lot of those would make my list. But other than that, nothing, there was no like middle of the year, um, one that just jumped out where I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this at the end of the year. Um, so i am I don't think it's been a bad year for movies, but it's been a very um middle of the road year i think
0: that's very interesting because um okay so so first of all personally you know this movie or this year was uh a bit of a mixed bag <laughs> um it's i i some mean real me
1: garbage real garbage.
0: Oh oh no, I'm talking about in my personal life. Oh okay. um, yeah. <laughs> Although yeah, there was some real garbage in my personal <laughs> life. Yeah. Right. Um no, but I mean this you know, twenty sixteen was a rough year just in general, and per- personally speaking, I, I lost my father and we uh there was a lot of like personal family issues that came up and everything and it was just a a pretty shit start to twenty sixteen. Um but like, it's funny because I actually was thinking about, it. I was trying to be more positive and everything and like, uh, tiny kind of stole my thunder here, but I, I got a new job this year and it's kind of crazy because, um, <laughs> when we started the podcast, I was a security guard and like. That's the only job that I changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, unlike tiny. No, but it's just, it's weird. Cause I mean, it's a big change going from a job that I'd been at for 10 years to a new job and something that's completely unrelated to it. So it was, it was a big adjustment and I'm kind of happy that I was able to do that and actually, you know, did that. Um, I'm happy where I am. So that's, that's good. But, um, so overall personally, it was, was not a banner year for Matt hurt, but, uh, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful for 2017, but in terms of movies, um, I honestly think this was a great year. I, I really do. Uh, Maybe not great. Uh, Yeah, I'm gonna peel, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk that back a little bit. I thought it was a really, really good year. Um, and I think part of that is because I, last year I bought a year's worth of movie pass. And because of that, I was able to see more movies in theaters than I had in years previous. And, um, we'll get into stats in a bit, but I think that there's some interesting stats for that. But, um, overall, in terms of, uh, the amount of movies that I saw, it was, it was pretty low too. <laughs> even though I got to see several, several movies that I wanted to in theaters, overall, just in terms of um, in terms of time spent watching movies throughout the year, it was considerably lower than years previous. And that's kind of a bummer for me, but also something I didn't really bring up is that I also relaunched my um, solo podcast. So I've been doing twice as much work and even a little bit more than that um, throughout the year. So I just haven't had time to really devote to actually watching movies and stuff. So it's, it's been a little bit of a down year in terms of stats, but I think overall in terms of content, the, the movies this year were, were pretty, pretty, uh, pretty strong. So, yep. Um, so let's go ahead and go into our stats. Um, I know you guys are super excited about that. <laughs> um,
1: embarrassed is, is the word I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, l- let's see, Mike, new father and new, yeah. Ma- master is that what um. <laughs> yeah
1: I, uh, my friend jake uh, after i graduated he got me a plaque that says master white
0: oh that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> which is not
1: not a title just if you don't know anything like you know if you get your doctorate you're a doctor i am not right. master white but I, he right. uh, he thought that was
0: funny nice <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so uh, yeah, so your stats oh uh, yeah just go ahead and uh what are what are your viewing stats for 2016 <laughs> Um, Okay,
1: so my total viewings—I I didn't do a whole lot of percentages because I'm a little embarrassed. Um, sure. So my my total viewings were 147 movies total. Okay. And I I didn't even account mm-hmm. for how much that's down from last year because I don't even want to know. I I my <laughs> guess is a lot. Sure. Um total theater viewings is fifty two, which is also embarrassingly low, which means I had to skip a couple of weeks. I did have a son. Uh-huh. Um and you know, usually I see like sixty-four, but I, I didn't right. you know, I still see one a week, but um the few that I had to skip, like I didn't even make up for those. Um my my uh-huh. my total movies watched, uh the highest amount was uh, October, with 27 okay. movies. Uh, and in November, I watched five movies. Oh, that's man. My five. Five movies.
0: Wow. That's, you know, wow. that's that's not terrible.
1: <laughs> no, I just... I, like, my former shortest month, if I remember mm. correctly, was when I was student teaching. So it was like 2009 or whatever. And that, that September, I watched nine movies and i remember being like nine movies i that sucks this is this my life and then like <laughs> i beefed it up later on and then uh, back down to five <laughs> movies in november i think i really felt in november um the the like October hangover because even with mm-hmm. a son and and even like finishing up my master's 27 in a month is is a lot i mean it's not yeah, a lot yeah. for us but i think it's a lot for the the casual viewer oh yeah and so i i watched a lot of of shocktober movies and i just um i th- I think i just felt the hangover
0: you know honestly i mean i didn't even do i don't think i did any shocktober viewings um i think i saw one horror movie in shocktober and that's it. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: I, I I watched you... Hocus Pocus. That's it. What's that? <laughs> All I watched was Hocus Pocus with my fiance. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. Because
1: like I know we didn't do a shocktober wrap up episode, and I was like, oh, that's right. kind of weird. Um, I did uh, of my twenty seven in October. Twenty five of them were shocktober eligible. Wow.
0: wow. Well, the thing with yeah, me I is like, it. that's awesome. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, but like with me, it's like anytime like like now, it's like. The month of October is like it's and Nervington prep. It's yeah. um, Heartland Film Festival, and it's like it. Like if I, it's just it's hard to really commit to that. Like I had a dis- I had a conversation with Feckus uh, when he was on the podcast. I don't know if it was actually on the episode or not, but um, he mentioned like you could just do you could just do ShOctober in September instead. <laughs> and I was like, I might actually do that. Yeah. Like I might actually do. Like, all my horror movie viewings in September, but we'll see.
1: I mean, I was so excited for Shocktober this year because we, like, finally trained our son to, like, go to sleep at a reasonable time. (laughs) And so, like, I just watched the movie most nights that I started, like, in August. I I watched, like, The House of the Devil, Lights Out, Lords of Salem. And I just went on like all through September. I watched like another seven or eight October movies and then then killed it in October. I was, I
0: saw a lot of people die this year. Yeah, (laughs) I I can imagine. (laughs) Wow. Uh, nice. Do you have any other stats? No, no.
2: Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I don't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh,
2: tiny. How about you? Well, Mike, get ready to feel a lot better about yourself. Uh, (laughs) Because if yours are bad, mine are abysmal, uh, like bottom of the barrel bad. Total viewings, 81. Ugh. 81 movies. Uh, that's really bad. Wow. 16 movies in the theater, which uh, is, is despicable. Uh, highest for a month was January. I watched 18. <laughs> and this this I wish this, I wish this were a joke. My lowest month was March. I saw one movie. Oh my. God. <laughs> and that movie was Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Th- these are. These statistics, like, could be three months from some of my years. Oh. Like, seriously. What? Like, yeah. when I, in 2015, or was it 14 when I watched all those movies? Uh, it was 2014, I think it was when, 14, I, yeah. when I set my record. Mm-hmm. This would have been like three months. All my total viewings.
0: So, Are you okay? Uh,
2: <laughs> I, I am. I'm actually really good. But my, like Mike said, the, the movie-watching part of my life uh, took more than a back burner. It wasn't even on the stove this year. Jeez. So it's it's disappointing, and it's a bummer. But I'm just, as a person, really happy right now. So it's hard for me to I feel know. bad about it. But uh, Me too. You she- know what the really super dorky thing is? I have read hella books this year. That's good. That's very good. I wish I could say that. Yeah. But I can't really say much of anything.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, but I can't read. (laughs) (laughs) But here's a question for you guys. Okay. This, I don't know. This could be, I don't know. This isn't inappropriate or anything, but you guys are clearly in very different, different are very, are very much leading very different lives from when we started this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm leading a somewhat different life, but still kind of, I haven't, I haven't made the big life milestone jumps that you guys have had. Clearly. Is this something that you guys like, are you guys like, is your goal for 2017 to try to adjust or is it like, you know, you guys are happy. Let's just, is it, is movie watching becoming more of a, more of a luxury that, more of a luxury and not like a focus point of your of your lives.
2: It's absolutely becoming a, become become a luxury in mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I and I do miss it. Like, it's not that. Like, I, again, I don't feel good about this. I wish I had watched more, <laughs> um, but it, it is it is a luxury. It's not it's not a focus anymore. Yeah, and that's that's unfortunate, but like happier than I've ever been. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so it's it's worth it. It's it's a worthy trade off.
0: Sure. Okay. Yeah, I Michael? think
2: that. I would call it um,
1: uh, just a brief step back. I I hope mm-hmm. that that once my son is old enough to watch movies we'll we'll watch a lot of movies together totally. Um but I know you know obviously I have to make activity choice. I mean we pretty much like the day is spent um playing with Oscar. Mm -hmm. and then like so he goes to bed at seven it's like okay i i I have enough time to do one thing tonight gotcha and so it's like okay i'll read or we'll watch Mm -hmm. tv or i'll play some video games or Mm -hmm. watch a movie in october i chose watch a
2: movie uh and then in a lot of the other months just just didn't have time sure yeah like uh this last week i i was off for seven days in a row Nice. And it was a staycation. We didn't we didn't travel anywhere or anything. Mm. It was after Christmas. We didn't really do much for New Year's. Uh in the past, seven days off, a seven day a seven day staycation would have been movies. like thirty movies probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean at least twenty. <laughs> would have been a huge thing. I watched like eight. Which is that's, that's
0: still respectable though. It's
2: respectable for normal people, but like seriously, <laughs> yeah. for me it would have been it would have been twenty movies. But Not sure. saying I'm superior, I'm saying I'm abnormal.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. I mean I remember um, I think you may have been working at the time too. Um, I don't think this is when you worked at the security company that we worked for, but a different security company. I remember you talking about how you, like, you just—I mean—you watched the entire Lord of the Rings box set, special features, and all.
2: Every disc, yeah. Yeah, which I could never do that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, there's—I'm hoping to improve, and there there will be better years than this uh, for for movie watching. But I, I mean, next year I am my fiancé fiance and I are buying a home probably within Mm -hmm. the first six months and then the second six months we're going to be getting married so it's going to be hard to beat these numbers again next year I think uh but I'm going to do my best and and I foresee kind of how Mike said you know when when his son gets older he's going to start watching movies with this with his son and then Mm -hmm. Maybe his son will start tracking his movies, and he can be a guest on the podcast. But uh, yeah, um, sure, that'd be (laughs) awesome. I I know there will come a time where I I come to a medium where I can get back to my movie watching Mm -hmm. passion. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for the future.
0: It was (laughs) funny because in the pod chat you were talking about how like yeah I'm really gonna try to try to improve those numbers this year, and I'm like you're getting married this year, man. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. That's uh, yeah. good luck
2: (laughs) i think even more than more than getting married is buying a house is going to take up even more of my time than that yeah yeah but i'm I'm already basically married right right engaged the wedding is like a couple weeks worth of stuff i think (laughs) so
0: i i thought for a second you were going to say like it's just a formal or it's just a party (laughs) no 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 (laughs) yeah although she doesn't listen to the podcast so oh that's true i can say whatever (laughs) i want (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, yeah. So, uh your stats. My stats, yeah. Okay, um you know, there we it's go. Yeah. Make us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think I'm going to make you guys look as bad. Well, I mean, so yeah. Um <laughs> my my total viewings overall was 176. Oh, okay. Which is pretty low for me. It it's it's really pretty low. I didn't check my averages for the for all the years I've tracked, but last year I did have um, two hundred and thirty total viewings. So this year was a decrease of twenty three point four eight percent from last year. So it's it's pretty, in my estimation, it's it's a pretty big jump down. Um, overall, so we're gonna movies, take a quick commercial
1: break. Just a reminder, you're listening to the Casual Viewer presents the Casual <laughs> <Right>. Viewer podcast.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh god.
0: Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, overall movies though. So like like the actual, the amount of titles that I saw in 2016, uh, was 166. So like, I didn't, I didn't see no repeats, uh, uh, 10, 10 repeats. repeats. Yep. Wow. Oh yeah. And uh, it's worth noting. And I swear to God, it's, it's so funny to me because as someone who, uh, spoke so, um, so, uh, so strongly about how much he is not into Star Wars or anything. Um, I think f- three of those, three of those repeat viewings were The Force Awakens. So I yeah. saw The Force yeah. Awakens a total of four times this year. Nice. Right. Um, and then one of the repeat viewings was Rogue One because I saw that twice. <laughs> um, Perfect. wow. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then in terms of, uh, oh, the 166 just total movies. That's down, um, from two ten last year, so it's a a decrease of twenty percent. Um, and then, in terms of first viewings, out of those out of those one seventy six, one hundred and thirty three were first viewings. So I only saw four, 40, uh, 43 movies that were um, uh, movies I'd seen before.
1: See, isn't that bothersome to you? That's a that's a trend that I've seen for the last five years. Like we're so we're so. Um like intent on making sure we see everything we need to see and we see a lot of new movies and we go to the movies a lot and we do these lists and stuff and we try to see new shocktober movies but like just like we'll say shocktober every year in shocktober i'm like i need to watch as many movies as i've never seen before Mm. and just like my collection of dvds is is just collecting dust mine too oh yeah i
0: hate that we yeah. we even talked about that last year on the podcast. We talked about how um how every how how I think I think all of us collectively came to the point where we were like we're going to try to like I'm going to try to watch more movies from my DVD collection <laughs> this oh, yeah. year. Yeah. And uh and happen. yeah. And and I tried. I watched some I watched a, a decent amount from uh my collection, but um it was still, you know, majority of my movies were first viewings. But it's funny because my first viewings, uh, I had one thirty three, but that's, I mean, that's only down from only one thirty eight last year, so uh, that's a decrease of only three point six two percent. So, in terms of like seeing seeing movies for the first time, I'm pretty much on target. Um, it's just the overall amount has been has been low. Um, and then I was tracked a new stat this year. Um, I tracked the movies that I watched specifically for podcasts, so. Huh. Yeah. So these are movies that I watched, not necessarily only because we were going to review them on the podcast, but these were movies that I made an effort to see so that we could talk about it on the podcast as a topic or a review. And that amount was 43 which... Um, that includes like movies I watched for a certain topic or movies that I watched for a guest appearance on another podcast or movies I watched for my bonus reviews on anthology. So 43 overall is not, not too bad for me. Um, I wouldn't think, but, um, (laughs) uh, guys theater count. Hey, here we go. Theater viewings. Okay. So, um, let me start off by just saying that the amount of theaters that I went to was slightly lower because there were a few theaters I didn't go to this year that I went to in years past. So, um, uh, I only went to, I only visited six different theaters throughout the year. Um, and that's down from nine last year. Um, total theater viewings is, uh, uh, tiny, how many movies did you watch overall last year? 81. Total theater viewings, 83. You dick. <laughs> oh my God god wow 83 theater viewings and let me let me just say first of all that this is an increase of 16.9 percent from last year's 71 um and it's this is due to a couple reasons one the vast majority is that i i splurged and i bought um a year's worth of movie pass last year which i'll i'll probably dedicate a little bit of this to to talking about movie pass here in a bit but um so that was a majority of screenings. Plus, I got uh, press passes to indie indie film fest and Heartland. So, I mean, that basically was all of my movies in theaters. So. Okay, if you don't
1: count those, though, and I and I think fi- and I do, I would. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you went to a p- pedestrian like movie theater. How many of
0: those? Uh, what movies that weren't film fest movies? Yes. Uh, Let me real quick. I didn't get that prepared, but it'll take me two seconds to tally it up here. Um, uh, 22 of those 83 screenings were Film Fest screenings.
1: 22 of the
0: 83?
1: Of the 83. So that's what,
0: 61? Okay. 61 wide release uh, theater chain viewings.
2: Um, which is beyond respectable. That's like really good. (laughs) Just 61 is really good. Yeah. It's,
0: it's pretty, it's I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with myself for it, but, um, I will say that, um, 69 of those, I don't think I did the math right there, but anyway, uh, 69 of those were movie pass screenings. So, um, yeah, those were (laughs) that, um, 69 were movie pass. And let me just really quickly just go through movie pass a little bit. Cause like I said, I did a year's worth of movie pass. So that was $400 for one full year. And I had my stats here. So, um, in seeing, in going to the theater 69. Oh, it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more than that because I'm counting just overall that one year of movie pass. Um, so December, I think, uh, it was like December eight, uh, December nineteenth to December December nineteenth, twenty fifteen to December eighteenth, twenty sixteen. That's when I had the one year's worth of movie pass, and in that year, I saw uh, in that calendar year, I saw sixty movies with it, and that amounted to a cumulative ticket price of five hundred seventy three dollars and sixty cents. Wow! Um, and the total price for movie pass for this for the year was four hundred dollars. Nice. <laughs> So I, I, my total uh, movie theater savings with MoviePass was $173.60. Jeez. Oh, and, like worth it. oh yeah. And it's worth noting that I, I recouped that money. I recouped the $400 in the eighth month of, uh, of having MoviePass. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I was very pleased with that. And I wish that I had like set aside the money to actually you know, do it again, but now I'm just doing month to month. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and I think at tax time I might do the same thing. Cause damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Gross. And I, I was so, and I'm so pleased with movie pass in general like that. It's, it's such a great service. Um, so yeah, but, uh, also going back to theater viewings just in general, um, I have noticed that every single year since we started this podcast, I have improved my my theater stats. So 2013, oh yeah, 2013 I had 33, 14 I had 50, 15 I had 71, and then of course this year I had 83. So definitely a nice nice climb there. Um,
2: I wonder if we're gonna if this if 2016 is gonna be the plateau for that or.
0: That's why I'm bringing it up on this episode (laughs) 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 because I don't think I'm gonna beat 83, Uh, but we'll see.
2: <laughs> that is a crazy stat that's it, like really good it's yeah, nuts I mean.
0: it's so nuts yeah um yeah yeah it's it's ridiculous um in terms of the actual like month to month though like I had a pretty slowly slow year really as as evidenced by my one hundred and seventy six total viewings um my lowest month also mike was in November, yeah and i had nine nine viewings in november. Um, I only watched nine movies and, Oh wow. Oh yeah. And in June, I think June, August and September, I only had 10, uh, each month. Wow. Yeah. But I finished kind of strong. Like my, um, my highest months were October with 25 and December with 24. So, you know, not too bad. Um, um, not too bad. There's room for improvement, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I had, I feel like I got for, for as small as my, um, total viewings were, I think that since the majority of them are, since, since a lot of them were, uh, movie theater viewings, I'm, I count that as kind of a win because, um, I feel like I'm, I have a more well-rounded, um, a more, not necessarily confident, but a more like, uh, Clear, clearer, focused top ten list than I have in years previous because I, I didn't have that many movies that I was like, "Oh man, I wish I could have seen this," so I could put it in there. I didn't have many regrets because um, I feel like I got some pretty good ones in my top ten. Oh so, well, yeah, yeah, uh, yep, and uh, so yeah. So having said that, guys, what are what are some twenty sixteen movies that you wanted to see but you missed out on?
1: Well, the. The the three I talked about early on the the mm-hmm. the ones that are Oscar contenders and I uh, ask me again in two months and I I don't think sure. I'll have you know I think I'll have those watched. It's
2: mm-hmm. good. Nice. Yeah, the the three that Mike mentioned as well: Manchester by the Sea, uh, Fences, and especially La La Land because I'm. Mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to La La Land. I really should have found time to squeeze it in.
0: I really yeah. think you're going to love that for you. Yeah, movie. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm
2: going to see La La Land on Thursday, so. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I have almost no doubt that it would make my top ten. Mm-hmm. So um, those are three big ones. But then I, I literally have a giant list of <laughs> movies, like The Nice Guys, Patterson, Moonlight, Jackie, Swiss Army Man, Suicide Squad, Deepwater Horizon, Moana, The Edge of Seventeen, Hail Caesar, Sully, Hacksaw Ridge, fantastic beasts in order to find them i can keep going i mean it's just there's just so many that i didn't see this year that i was genuinely looking forward to so wow. yeah I, I i dropped the ball in that respect
0: yeah you did <laughs> yeah
2: you can yeah, like to to piggyback off mike's idea I, you can barely call me an obsessive viewer <laughs>
0: yeah uh mike how about you Oh, you already did yours. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just just the <laughs> the 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 big ones that are at the like throughout the year. I really didn't miss anything that I was just kind of itching to see. It it it'll, sure. it'll be these ones at the end of the year that I'll that I'll catch up on. I'm not worried about it.
0: Yeah, and that's always kind of um regional too. cuz I mean, we're in Indiana. It's not like we're not in New York or LA, so we didn't really like the big, the big Oscar bait movies. Those are usually the ones that you know have limited release, and then last week of the year or first week of the new year is when they get a wide release. And that's something that's kind of tough to anticipate. Like tiny, you mentioned Patterson. I don't even think that's been playing here at all. Yeah, uh, yet.
2: I, I think we missed it. We might have gotten a week or two.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah. even know if we had that. Maybe really? Keystone Art, but and that's another thing. I didn't go to Keystone Art at all this year. Oh wow, it didn't take movie passes. <laughs> Neither did I. So yeah, um. But yeah, as for 2016 movies that I that I wanted to see but missed out on, um, there are several here too. Um, Moonlight, I've heard really great things about, and I really wanted to see. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, Fences, uh, Hunt for the Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh uh, yeah. Um, Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, there's a movie with Dev Patel called Lion. I really wanted to see.
2: Yeah, I've heard good things about that one.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a couple documentaries. Uh, Tickled that I've heard really good things about that. I want to see um, Wiener about Anthony Wiener. Right. I want to see that too. Jeez. <laughs> um, and,
1: uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah.
0: laughs> um, and also a uh, 13th, uh, the handmaiden. I've heard good things about uh, sing street, other people. I didn't get a chance to see, and, uh, also Kubo and the two strings I heard really great things about, but I didn't get a chance to see it. So, All right. so yeah, so we'll see. I'll hopefully I'll be able to, you know, catch some of those, um, at least before the Oscars for the ones that are in, that are going to be in contention for Oscar season or for the Oscars. Um, so yeah, so let's just move right along and go to our honorable mentions. Cause we're getting a little bit, uh, long here and I want to get to the main event here soon. Uh, what honorable mentions did you guys have? Do you, I'll go. Yeah, go
1: ahead. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I have 11 honorable mentions. Oh, wow. Ones. That's wow. too many. I'll cut it down to five.
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> go ahead. Go nuts. You don't, you you, don't think, okay. So these you are got not stuff to say. in
1: order. I, I think... Yeah. I think I'm kind of over-putting honorable mentions in order. And I'm also yeah. over-putting the worst movies in order. They're all just bad. Sure. So uh, in 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 chronological order of when I saw them, that's all this is in. Starting in March, okay. uh, honorably 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, nice. Um, the Jungle Book, which for a while was kind of on my list, and I just saw some better movies. Mm. Um, Hush, was that... Is that a 2016 or is that a late 2015?
0: It's, it's 2016. It's
1: 16, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, that might have made my top 10 if I, if I sat down a little more and thought about it. Uh, the nice guys, which, um, was delayed for a long time, finally came out and Mm -hmm. was totally worth seeing. I did actually put clown on, on my honorable mentions. It's not, it's not a great movie, but in terms of just like fun, pulpy trash, it was, it was fun to watch. Uh, the shallows I did like, I, I, I Hmm. think it was kind of a little more, it got a little more attention than it deserved, but it, it was well done. Um, lights out. I thought was one of the scariest movies of the year. Uh, War Dogs is an honorable mention, uh, oh, if wow. only for um, Jonah Hill's uh, uh, performance in that movie. He is just so, so sleazy. It, it's, War Dogs <laughs> was like a perfect uh, bookend to um, uh, The Big Short, just another movie okay. of like bad people doing bad things that we just don't even know about. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Conjuring 2, which made zillions of dollars. Um, (laughs) I I thought that was well done. I think it did get a little long at the end. Um, I did put Realm Zombies 31 on here, and I'm not sure that that would stay on there for a while, but it was just a fun Shocktober scare. And then I did put uh, Allied here at the end because I thought it was... Um, oh, interesting, yeah, it was really good, and then just kind of just fizzled at the end, so it okay you know if if I made a top twenty, this would be number twenty,
0: okay, gotcha, yeah, I almost saw that, but I missed out on it. I missed out on that and war dogs. it's just those were kind of movies that it came to a point where I was like, okay, well maybe I'll see a movie. And then those were like the last ones in the theater that I hadn't seen yet. And I was just like, yeah, those were times where I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't really feel up to it. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> God. yeah.
0: Interesting. All right.
2: Uh, for my honorable mentions for lack of not seeing enough, I only have two, which is really, really deplorable. Um, so the first one is 13 hours the secret soldiers of Benghazi Mm -hmm. um, which is a Michael Bay movie right um I it's funny even I think even if I had seen 200 movies this year this would still be on my honorable mentions I really like the movie I I mean I I feel like I don't have to I feel like I need to defend it because it's Michael Bay but I feel like Michael Bay is starting to I, I feel like you can kind of parse out his movies into different categories. You're going mm-hmm. to get his Transformers and his crappy movies like that. But I feel like he's done. he did like Pain and Gain mm-hmm. a couple years ago. I really liked that movie. And I really enjoyed 13 Hours. I thought it was a, a pretty genuine story and I just enjoyed it. So uh, I think it's worth seeing. Um, uh, it's not even a guilty pleasure. I just think it's a, it's a pretty solid movie. Uh, and then my other one is Eye in the Sky which uh, I talked about in uh, Obsessive Viewer episode 182. 13 hours i talked about in episode 176 um eye in the sky i just think i'm very fascinated by stories that tackle gray areas or moral or ethical gray areas and this kind of does that and i thought they strung everything together really well it's just a very fluid story that i enjoyed a lot and I, i enjoyed the performances quite a bit so those are my two honorable
0: mentions Nice. Yeah. Sweet. I still haven't gotten a chance to see Eye in the Sky. I almost made that like the last movie I saw in 20, 2016, mm-hmm. but uh, I just I played video games instead. It's it's a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um. So as for my honorable mentions, I have I have five. These are uh, these are also – are no particular order. Um. First up is Hell or High Water. Uh, which I was able to see at Indie Film Fest, so I think that might be part of the reason why it's um, only an honorable mention. Because I saw that back in July, and I haven't had a chance to really revisit it. Um, and when I saw it, I thought that it was really, really fantastic. I mean, really a really good like modern day Western um, with some very interesting characters, and and I loved the dichotomy between the two. Law enforcement characters and the two outlaw characters. I I liked the way that those characters, uh, their storylines were portrayed, essentially. Um, But something like by the end of it, like it's something that didn't really stick with me the rest of the year. Um, Which I am kind of curious if, if I go back and revisit it, if I'll think like how stupid can I be to not have it in my top ten, or if I'll just think like oh yeah, I mean it was still pretty good. But um, but yeah, so I, I really liked it, but it's just an honorable mention. And then the next one is um, another movie that I saw at uh, Indie Film Fest. It's uh, this documentary called The Invisible Patients that I don't – it's not a wide release or it's not – it's it's this local thing. It's about a, a home health care nurse who – in Evansville who um, – the documentary crew chronicle one year of her – you know, working in Evansville with three, uh, three patients essentially. And it was just, it was the, t- it was a movie that I, it's uh it's a very personal choice for me because, um, my, my dad had passed away earlier this year and he had at the end of his life had in-home health care And it was just something that I, I saw this in the theater and it was just, I mean, I was fighting back tears the whole time and it was just a really powerful documentary about, um, uh, kind of, uh, I would go so far as to say, probably unsung kind of um, uh, part of uh, you know healthcare in 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 our country. Um, and then next up, uh, next honorable mention was Sully. Which I I was not I was not expecting to like it as much as I did, and I really wish I would have put down the the episode numbers on here. I didn't have time for that, but of where we talked about these. But anyway, um, I was not expecting to like Sully that much, but it was just I don't know. It was the, it was a really interesting look at how one man's perspective of a situation. Changes when his actions are under such severe scrutiny. That's that's kind of how what I keyed into with it. and I thought that that was a really uh, well told story, um, and also the just the imagery of of um, the dream sequences that he had um, of of the plane, um, the alternate scenarios that could have played out were just jaw dropping and very uh, very unsettling. Gotcha. Yep. And then last two are The Witch, which I watched. I, I was trying to make it, you know. Anyway, uh The Witch. <laughs> no, <laughs> so. no, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> um <laughs> The Witch, which I really I really uh I really loved it or I really enjoyed it. I haven't revisited it since, but I was just really taken in with the scale of it or how how um authentic it was and how they had such, I mean, this, this is a movie where the fear, um, it's not an outright terrifying movie, um, for me, but the fear is in the actions of the, of the, uh, of the characters and in their reaction to certain situations. And it felt just so authentically fearful and fear-based that I really latched onto it and I really enjoyed it. Um, and then my last one, this one, Honestly, i I haven't given it much thought since I've seen it in the theater, and that's something considering that it is Disney Pixar's Finding Dory. Um, honestly, putting in honorable mentions, it could potentially just be a courtesy thing for my love of Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, it is, I mean, it's a good movie. It's it's very good. It has some very thought provoking things to say about um having like having someone in your life who is um. Uh, who has a disability and, and, and raising that person and being around that person. It, It has some poignant things to say about that, but overall it just, it, yeah, that's, that's probably why I would put it as honorable mention. But in terms of the oeuvre of Pixar movies, I mean, it's, it's no inside out. It's no, um, uh i guess toy story 3 um, <laughs> or finding nemo for that matter but it was it was respectable in its own right and that's why it's a honorable mention um so yeah, should we should we just should we go ahead to the main event, to the top 10 list? Let's Absolutely. talk about it. I can't wait. All right. Sweet. And before we do that, I just wanted to throw out the, here that I uh I texted frequent guest Robert Feckes for his top 10 list cuz I figured, you know, he's made he made a ton of guest appearances this year and he uh I kind of consider him to be the uh Paul Rudd to our friends gang. Um <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um yeah. Um, so anyway, so he, he hasn't made his top 10 list. Uh, but he did say that, uh, we can mention his top three, which I'll just go ahead and just throw them out here. Um, his, uh, top three were, uh, starting at number three was Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, number two was Hell or High Water. And number one was Arrival. And, uh, he also, he also said his worst movie of the year goes to Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Uh, <laughs> Oh, which,
1: that's. <laughs> The worst movie
0: of the year. I mean, that is the most,
2: the most forgettable movie of the year. I guess. I don't know. That's what I went Well, fekus is a diehard fan. He's got. I mean, he has a Ninja Turtles tattoo. Oh, okay. so, so okay, okay. he's like, yeah, he's like a purist. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: he. Yeah, he's not wrong. That movie was garbage. But yeah, yeah. I. I mean, that didn't. I wasn't like incited to riot or anything after I saw
0: <laughs> I was just like, oh, that was that
1: that was sure
0: sure all right so uh let's go ahead and go into our top 10 list uh we're going to kind of go in a rotation starting at number 10 we're each going to give our 10 and some brief thoughts on the movie so uh we're going to go start off with mike uh why don't you get us kicked off with your number 10 movie of 2016 so um My number ten is complicated because I did have
1: room on there, and I think someone like I'll be cheesy and say, "Well, I'm going to save number ten for Manchester by the Sea or La La Land or whatever." Like, like technically, when I come back to my top ten of this year, I think I'll redo it. Um, So I think like my closest honorable mention, which for the sake of conversation, I'll call Ten Cloverfield Lane.
0: Okay, and that'll be your number
1: 10 that'll be my number 10 for for our for our talk yeah and so it was a movie it's gonna sound like i didn't like it um so let me (laughs) let me first say that i really did enjoy it and i saw it twice um Mm -hmm. and i you know i took my wife to see it when i saw it the second time and she really liked it a lot um i think I think the performances were great. I really love that the the ending just kind of goes off the rails. I think it was a Mm -hmm. tense movie. Um, But other than that, I really don't like the Cloverfield marketing thing. That that seems uh, cheap to me. Um, okay. and we can talk about that. I think we might have talked about that over the summer, but I don't know, that just it just seems bothersome to me. Uh the other thing is for whatever reason it's just not a movie that over time stuck with me. It's not it's not a movie I kept thinking about. So it, you know, it's it is at best a number 10, but um still a pretty fun experience.
0: That's very interesting because I'll talk about it later.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 much later.
0: <laughs> uh considerably later <laughs> <laughs> interesting uh yeah. tiny what do you think in tank cloverville lane unless you're going to talk about it later. i haven't seen it yet oh, you haven't seen it i haven't yet? seen it yet oh man
2: yeah not good man not good i'm hoping it hits netflix
0: i mean i have the blu-ray i know you said that you're you're ps3 kind of crap you know it started working the other day did it really i don't know what's i don't know what's going on with it 10 cloverfield lane blu-ray with you happily i will happily yeah so like get up and grab it right now (laughs) because damn i'll remember it okay um so you liked it a lot i did (laughs) i really liked it a lot yeah um i mean it's it's my number 10 sure and i mean it is and I'll talk about it more in detail here in a bit. But uh, to your point about the marketing and the the Cloverfield branding of it, that's something that I really latched onto. It just really? felt like, uh, yeah, it really was got just, <laughs> they got you. They did. Oh yeah, and like it was, it was one of those things where I was just like, this is such a cool concept, or this is a cool idea to kind of just. I never once well going into the movie i was trying to find like is this like is this going to be happening concurrently to the cloverfield movie um is this like a, a separate timeline is this the same event and everything but i mean well the, the answer is and i'm
1: and i'm sorry tiny spoiler alert but it doesn't it doesn't matter who gives a shit
0: d- exactly it's yeah. not
1: it doesn't it exactly. it's whatever and that's oh, what yeah. bothers me i think
0: and see and see, that's what doesn't bother me about it. <laughs> oddly enough, it's like, cause like, I, like, I didn't, I wasn't focused, like, uh, in the opening scene where, um, you, you see, she's in a car, like, I saw like her parking pass or something was like her, it expired in 2010 or something. So I'm like, okay, well, or 2016. And I was like, okay, well, clearly it's not in the same thing or whatever. So we're good there. Um, but I just like the, like it as a, as a separate branding idea where it's like, Um, the obvious can, um, uh, comparison to be drawn is twilight zone. It's, it's an anthology branding thing. It's like saying that's, um, uh, one episode of the twilight zone came out and then the next episode came out and it's, they don't have anything to do with each other right they're thematically linked right uh, but that's a that's
1: a television series that intentionally claims to be uh an anthology series And, and in a cinematic world that is that is uh in a world um where we're complaining about a lack of new ideas in movies and where movies are competing with the rapidly growing success of television it seemed to me like a cheap ploy like we're not sure anybody will see this movie unless we tack the word cloverfield on it
0: that's that's totally fair and i would almost like i would i'd meet you halfway and, and kind of agree with you there but i would say that naming it 10 cloverfield lane and, and using that as the marketing was something that actually benefited the movie greatly in that, oh, t- in that the, respect the,
1: the film or the success of the movie
0: um the the hype surrounding it and the success um because okay. yes. you're right if it had been named the seller i mean who like even if it was even presented as a bad robot movie i mean who's gonna go see the seller in nobody like, right march yeah um and it it would be different if they if it was named like cloverfield 2 the seller but this was it's 10 cloverfield lane it's it's related enough that it's it's just a it's like J.J. Abrams said, it's a blood relative. Yeah.
1: Um, I guess I'm. Yeah. I guess I'm just like, I'm rooting for movies. The same reason I gave Jupiter Ascending an honorable mention last year. Is oh like yeah. That movie was garbage. Jupiter Ascending is garbage. But I'm just rooting for movies to continue to make sci-fi movies like that. Sure. And I just, sure. I just, it's a bummer to me. Like it's, it's a loss. It's in the loss column for movies. If we have to call it Cloverfield Lane to get people to see it,
2: that's a good point.
0: That you know, I think that that's something that we'll just have to agree <laughs> to disagree on. Because I mean, it's just it's really interesting. Because I do not see it as a detriment at all, and I think that we're 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 we have very we have very different viewpoints of it. And I think that we're just going to have to just leave it be at that. It sounds I don't like think we're gonna. It, Uh, do anything but that's that's really interesting did uh when you saw it a second time did it affect like did is it just the branding of it the 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 name of it yeah that's uh... all that bothers me the movie
1: is fine the movie Mm -hmm. the movie is i I would i would dare say great and that's why i Mm -hmm. saw it twice i was like Amanda, you have to see this however get get the idea of cloverfield out of your head completely Mm
2: -hmm. i think uh it sounds like the issue is more that the criticism is of viewers that they had to call it 10 Cloverfield Lane to come see it as opposed to movies themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, movie, the the movie's good despite the fact that it had to have a marketing ploy. Not (laughs) right. Yeah. I haven't seen it, so I really can't say much about (laughs) it.
0: That's all fair. That's, that's totally fair. So, yep. Um, tiny, what about your number 10?
2: My number 10 is the movie 13th, which is Oops. a uh, Netflix documentary. I thought I had talked about it on the podcast, but I hadn't. Nope. I, I did not. I, I made sure I hadn't talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> um, 13th, is a, uh, 13th is a reference to the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery. Um, but the film has the thesis that uh, slavery was just kind of renamed uh, and, and turned into our prison system, which has grown exponentially over the past several decades in the united states um it's a really fascinating look at the criminal justice system and i i the prison system specifically and i don't necessarily agree with every point they made in the documentary but it's really really disturbing information and and really wild information it's 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 a there's a lot of disturbing statistics that they list throughout it and uh i'm not trying to make you feel like crap that it's a really, you know, depressing thing, but it's, it's also very fascinating. And, um, it's, it's a parallel that I think a lot of people haven't made. So it's, it was a really well done documentary and, and I appreciated, uh, Netflix. I I just appreciate their, their passion for documentaries, um, Mm -hmm. because I share that passion and, and, and I'm glad that they're not only making documentaries, but making important ones like this. Um, and this was my my favorite favorite documentary that came out in twenty sixteen that I've seen. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> obviously a bunch I haven't seen, but uh, it w- it's a really good movie. And, and again, I think you know Mike talked about you know two three months from now how would our list change. This would probably be an honorable mention mm-hmm. uh, as well as my number nine. But uh, I'm totally comfortable putting it on my top ten list. It's a good movie.
0: Nice. Uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen it yet. I, I really may I really tried to, but I didn't get around to it. Mike, have you seen Thirteenth?
1: No, I have not.
0: Okay, yeah, it's uh, directed by uh, is it Ava Dverny? Did Salma? Deverni. Yeah, yes. Did Yeah. So, uh, and I've heard really great things about it, so I will have to check that out. Yep. Um, As for me, my number ten is. uh, So, it's it's worth mentioning that my top ten list is. I think did I mention this before when we were recording that? Probably, I think, four of them were movies that I saw in December. Um, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. So, number 10 is Don't Think Twice. Uh, Mike Birbiglia's sophomore effort after uh, Sleepwalk With Me, which um, Sleepwalk With Me, I, I freaking loved so much. Like, I, I loved that movie. It's it's one of my favorite like movies. If I were to pick a list of favorite movies from the last five years or so, um, it just, I thought that was a fantastic, uh, directorial debut. And Mike Birbiglia is one of my favorite comics and I just, I love his work. So I was really looking forward to don't think twice. And, um, when I finally saw it, it's, it's really satisfying to me, um, that Mike Birbiglia is this creative force that, (laughs) Is I mean he's kind of to be to to be reckoned with like he, I mean he is just magnificent. Uh, what he does with Don't Think Twice it's a it's a movie about a um, an improv comedy group and it's about how when one of one member of that group gets uh, um, a chance or. or uh, achieves some success. It's about how that group changes and how it changes the group dynamic. And it's something that is so, it's so raw and so like real because all of it's an ensemble cast and some, some fantastic actors, Gillian Jacobs, uh, Keegan, Michael Key, um, uh, uh, Chris Gethard. Um, oh man. Oh, I, I'm spacing on the other people, but, um, they're all phenomenal. And they all each character has a different kind of point of view and a different a different thing that's going on with with their lives. And it's a different a different avenue that they want to pursue. And a, they're at different talent levels, too. And it's just about how that shake up in the group shakes up the group, really. And it's just a really magnificent way to uh, show these creative people at a uh, turning point in their creative their group creative uh, life, if if that uh, makes sense, it was I really I really took to it, and I really enjoyed it, and um, yeah, it, it was really good. Did either of you guys get a chance to see it?
2: No, it wasn't even on my radar.
1: Yeah, not, not until not until I think you uh, put it on your list did I you gotcha. know, think about. It. It's on Netflix, yeah. right?
0: It's not. I rented it on Google Play. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yep. So that's my number ten, and uh, Mike, how about your number nine? Yeah.
1: <clears throat> uh, so my number nine was very early on, and I considered not including it uh, on this list because I... Gosh, I sound like a downer. So all of the <laughs> movies after this, I have nothing but good things to say. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> uh, so number nine is Deadpool. Okay. Um, nice. Which I, I think is a, is a just fine movie. Mm-hmm. Um, The the reason it's on my list is, is because it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, it, it, the Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool is perfect. You couldn't have cast a more perfect person to play Deadpool. He was mm-hmm. born to play Deadpool. I love the little in-jokes. You know, I, I've talked on this podcast before about some of the things I don't like about superhero movies is when they don't include Easter eggs. And it was just mm-hmm. filled uh, to the brim with <laughs> Easter eggs, both, both Marvel, both Fox, and, and just movies in general. I, I loved that. Um, the reason it's so low is because it's, it's really just all right. Plot wise, it's, it kind of falls victim to a ho-hum villain. Um, I think the plot is, is ridiculously bare bones. Um, but I just, you, you, I think, I think you have to include it on your list because it's so funny.
0: I can definitely respect that. It didn't make my list, but, uh, but yeah, and it didn't make my list because of the kind of standard comic book plot uh fair that it offered mm-hmm. but it was definitely memorable and definitely uh something that i uh really enjoyed and i also haven't revisited it since uh the theater actually so it's something that i'll need to kind of re- revisit and reevaluate mm-hmm. yeah.
2: it will be on my list later nice nice <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: uh tiny how about your number nine
2: uh my number nine is imperium which I talked about on episode 185, um, so you can reference that for my thoughts on that movie. Uh, honestly, I would say 80% of the reason why this movie is on my list is Daniel Radcliffe's performance. Mm-hmm. He, it's I think it's his best work so far. I was really impressed with Daniel Radcliffe. And I, I, I totally have a fan boner for that guy. I, I love the decisions he's making for his career right now, making movies like Imperium and Swiss Army Man and stuff like that. He's not going for the huge blockbusters. He did all that for a decade with with uh, Harry Potter. So uh, I I just love the decisions he's making and the performances that he's churning out right now. And Imperium just hit me at the right time. And it is absolutely a good movie. I, I, I love uh, undercover police stories. Those just like hit all the right notes for me and I, I, I love those kinds of stories so this is kind of a personal pick in that respect um, but also Tony Collette gives a really great performance in this movie too there's there's a lot of a lot of quality performance and some some good writing and some uh, it's there, there are some tropes as well but I think they're I think they're done to really good effect so it, Imperium's a really good movie um, again would probably be bumped to an honorable mention if I'd seen more this year um, but Again, confident. I'm really confident in in having it on my on my uh, top ten. I think it's completely uh, more than just defendable pick. So that's my number nine.
0: Nice. I didn't get a chance to see that. Um, I was kind of curious about it though. So definitely, uh, definitely gonna check it out at some point. When yep. <laughs> when he said that it's like his best performance to date, um, I'm. I'm I'm almost mad that you that you mentioned Swiss Army Man because I was gonna say um you clearly haven't seen him as a farting corpse. I haven't, yeah. Um (laughs) which which brings me to my number nine, which is Swiss Army Man. Nice, nice. Yeah, and uh this movie is if if you guys have seen the trailer for it.
1: I've seen I've seen the
0: movie. You've seen the movie? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um is it on your list at all? No, you don't need to say. Oh interesting. Okay. So so this movie is a movie that I, I saw the trailer for and I thought that that looks weird as hell. I'm very curious about it. So I went ahead and watched it and it is weird as hell it is. Yeah. And it wears that weirdness on its sleeve. It, it, it stays weird throughout. It, it is, it is a very peculiar movie and uh, it owns that. It owns that bizarreness that it, that it's uh that is in its premise. And what I really latched onto about it is that it has these, these moments that um, kind of talk about the uh, somewhat profound moments where they talk about human connection and, and um, uh, humanity. There's a humanity to this story of this man in in the woods with uh, in, in the wilderness with a corpse that, is coming to life. And it's, it's a very interesting dynamic and there's some very interesting and profound statements that I found throughout it that kind of touched me personally. And the whole, the whole movie, I was sitting there thinking, how the hell do you end this movie? Like how, how does this movie end? And in that respect, and probably why it's not higher up on my list, they, they went one avenue with the ending that I won't, obviously won't reveal that was really interesting and really hooked me. But then it kind of, it kind of wasn't as satisfying as I would have hoped it would have been. But mm-hmm. by the end of it, I, I still really appreciated some of the bigger statements I made about, um, human connection and, and, um, how, what it means to be human essentially, um, and be a, be a person and be a living being. <laughs> um, I thought that was really interesting. And, and just the, the way that it expressed itself, like the, the way that, it's a farting corpse movie. It's, it's very unique. And I, I think that it gets, uh, gets, earns that number nine spot on my list for those reasons. Um, so that's yeah. number nine Swiss army Man.
1: I do think leaving it off my honorable mentions was a bit of a mistake. Cause I, cause I feel yeah. a lot of the same way you feel about some of the, um, some of it's, you know, how it waxes poetic on existence yeah. and life and, and, um, you know, connections with people and i I was doubly excited for the movie because the score was done by um two of the members of one of my favorite bands manchester orchestra that's right and so i was really excited for that movie um but i i don't do well um with uh like weirdness sure um and i it, it was it was just it just got too weird it just got too weird for me i i couldn't follow it at the end, like you said, kind of some of the, some of the avenues, uh, it went at the end. I don't, I don't feel like it paid off at the end. And so I just, I, I kind of left it off my list.
0: I, yeah, I think that it didn't, it didn't pay off the way that I wanted it to at the end. And like, if they, I honestly, if they, if they would have made, if they would have made a, some slight changes to the ending, um, and I'm speaking in very broad terms, but if they had made some slight changes to the ending, honestly, this could have been like a top five. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it, it kind of resolves itself in a, in a kind of, in a way that, that left me less enthralled by it and more thinking, what the hell did I just watch? Uh, which is interesting because honestly, like I mentioned those profound moments and and talking about what it means to be human and connect with other people and stuff like those moments are great. I love them, but I am not going to pretend that it was, that it was a, a very subtle movie in that. I mean, they kind of, they kind of wear that, that those profound moments kind of like they, they're very very clear on on what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's it for a movie that's very imaginative. It doesn't leave its subtext up to that much imagination. Right. Um, but it still has enough to where it, it landed at number nine for me. Yep. And uh, let's see, Mike, how about you? What is your, are we at eight?
1: That'd be number eight? Man, we're just blowing through this. Um, (laughs) So like I said, I promise from eight on, I have only good things to say uh, about my top 10. Uh, If you're a frequent listener of my um, visits to the podcast, you know I'm a big (laughs) horror movie fan, and I think Blair Witch uh is is perhaps the most misunderstood movie of the year.
0: Oh wow. I Wow.
1: loved Blair Witch. And when we saw it in the theaters, I was I was as scared as the website bloody disgusting said that you would be. Mm-hmm. Um I mean not really. I, you know, I, it's <laughs> it's not like I couldn't sleep that night, but I really really enjoyed it. And I love I'm I'm really enjoying LEGO sequels as they come um, about, I, I can't think of one that really just entirely turned me off. Um, and Blair, Witch was just another one of those legacy sequels. Lego sequels that kind of hit home with me. Um, I think it's, it's a little plotting at the beginning. I mean, it, it's, mm. it's the plot of the first movie again. Um, but we <laughs> love the first movie and so that's okay. And then, and then the last 30 minutes are so trippy and wild and tense, um, the score and and the sound, like like the sounds of the crackling trees throughout, um, I thought were were quite affecting. Uh, and I've only seen it the one time, so I don't know mm-hmm. how well it will fare on repeat viewings. But I thought, um, you know, once the once the tension got going, it, it was really good. And and I'm I'm really just shocked how overlooked. Blair Witch was. I love the original. I know that the original is 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 somewhat beloved by horror fans, and and really kind of ignored by by anyone else. It it is kind of a boring movie, but um, I thought that um the just just the name alone would would get it a few more viewers. I was a little surprised by its lack of success, but I I loved it. It's a it's an easy number eight for me.
0: That's. That's really fascinating um, because I'm gonna bring up Blair Witch later, but not on this list.
1: No way, <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: Oh wow. yeah. I was I was not a fan of it. Um, mm. Yeah, and we can save that for later because this is uh, this is the best of list yeah, <laughs> yet. So I'm not is going my to. Top 10. Yeah. Yeah. So th- <laughs> that's that's a very interesting choice. I was not expecting that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think.
1: I mean, I wanted to love it. So I'm like giving it points.
0: Well, I wanted to love it too. I
1: really yeah, did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> interesting. That's, that's really interesting. And I mean, that's, that's a very compelling reasoning behind it too. So, I mean, interesting, interesting. Uh yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it here in a bit. Um, uh, tiny, how about your number eight?
2: Uh, my number eight is rogue one, a star Wars story. um, yeah, which uh, I think, given our review of it, uh, which was episode 198 uh, mm-hmm. last month, uh, I think a lot of people are, might be surprised to see it on my list.
0: Yeah, I, you were not crazy about it. I,
2: I wasn't. I, and, and I think I was overly harsh on it because it's Star Wars, mm-hmm. and I have such a fin- an affinity for the franchise. Um, and, and I think the fact that you liked it and Tony loved it um I, I kind of felt like I needed to play the role of the, you know the 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 detractor, if you will. Sure. Um, so I th- I think maybe just because of that scenario, it sounded like I disliked it more than I actually did because I liked the movie a lot. I mean, I'm putting it at my number eight. I, I really mm-hmm. loved the movie. Um, and 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 there's so many things to love about it. Obviously, there's tons of nostalgia points there. Um, obviously reference the good stuff I had to say about it uh, in that episode. Um, but it, it, it did have its, its negative points for me. And I, I think it could have been maybe a little bit better. Um, but I, I still loved it. I, I still loved revisiting that, that moment in this franchise's timeline. I, I still love that a lot. And, and I'm really impressed that with, with such a small part of one of the movies, they can create a whole other movie. Mm-hmm. and and that's that's a really beautiful thing and i hope that there are tons of examples of that happening with this franchise i hope there are other just just even a couple a, a small part of, of one of the of the original trilogy or even the prequels I, I'd, I'd be willing to see what they do with a small part from those stories and and expand it into an entire film mm-hmm. and uh it was really satisfying seeing all of it uh even though you know, you, you kind of know what's going to happen at the end. Right. Uh, the, the journey, the uh, the journey makes the destination that much more fun. So, uh, Rogue One was awesome, and uh, I apologize for my <laughs> for my detractor uh, position during the review of it in Episode One Ninety Eight. If um, I did I like th- it a lot, I do think you'll get
1: your wish. If Rogue One's success is any indication, mm. I think I think we'll get uh, more Star Wars stories until we die. Agreed. Unfortunately, Uh, like I don't want that to happen. I I would love it to end after nine, but
2: um. yeah, I I think less is more. But but we'll we'll see. I'd be fine with a half dozen of them, maybe. Yeah, over the next decade or so.
0: As uh, <laughs> um, my only comment to that is, Tiny, there's no need to apologize. If there's any one person on this podcast who needs to apologize for comments about Star Wars, <laughs> I don't think it's you. Yeah,
2: that's true.
0: Um, but no, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, yeah,
2: we mentioned uh, in the, in the review really quickly. In the review, we mentioned what we were just referring to as the scene in that movie, mm-hmm. which I'm sure Mike knows what we're talking about. Mm-hmm the scene i was talking about it today with with someone because i had the whole last week off work um i had to work through christmas and stuff like that it was terrible so i hadn't seen a lot of my co-workers in about two weeks and so a lot of them saw it over the holiday and we were talking about the scene and it just kind of reignited my uh my enjoyment of the movie and because that was the best part of it for me and uh I'm, i i may go see it again before it's out of theaters but uh, we'll see it's it's uh i, I I don't feel comfortable putting it too much higher on my list, but it could have maybe been a little bit higher. Mm. But uh, I'm I'm really fine with it at at, uh, at number eight.
0: Nice, yep. nice. Mike, do you have any comments on that? Or I have a feeling that you might we might have to it's save. It's coming for- up in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> nice, gotcha. All right, my number eight is, is it my turn? Yeah, my number eight. Is uh, a movie that I referenced in or I talked about in OV one eighty nine, and that is Deepwater Horizon. Um, Mark Wahlberg and and Peter Berg movie about the BP oil spill. That this movie was something that it was on my radar. I was I was intrigued by it because I do like Peter Berg when he is good, and the trailers looked like they would like it would be interesting the, the possibility that he could have been it could have been somewhat of a return to form because i did not like um oh, lone survivor that he did before that i, I mean i kind of despised that movie <laughs> and uh i just i felt like maybe he had lost his way but um with Deepwater horizon i just i was really taken with it um in terms of just visual i don't want to say spectacle because that's that's terrible because i mean People died in the real life event and everything, but in terms of sheer visuals for it, it, it was one of the most tense and um, terrifying experiences that I had in the theater. And by the time, like you, you see these people working, working this problem and trying to solve a situation that is completely completely beyond their control and completely out of their control and it's I mean it's it's kind of inspiring and it's in times and at, at points it is incredibly moving like I I remember I almost I almost teared up in the theater um, while watching it because it was such a such a moving um story that that was depicted in such a such a harsh way like the like the the visuals and the, and the way that the that things happen like it's it's not a uh, it's not like a pg13 i actually i assume it was rated r i don't know if it was pg13 or not but it's not like a it's not like a sugar coated depiction of this cuz it is i mean it is brutal it is it is it is uh, heart stopping and it it's just one of those movies that the the uh the things depicted in it kind of stuck with me a little bit and there's a moment at the end toward the end when uh uh involving and in, not a confrontation but there's a scene where it's kind of like a captain Phillips kind of scene like Tom Hanks's scene at the end of captain Phillips it's kind of that similar type of scene where it's a it's a character who's kind of going through uh a hallway kind of processing what what this character's been through and it's just the way that that was done was just really really remarkable to me and I, I really uh enjoyed it so that's why it's number eight i thought that it was a really a really strong movie and something i feel like is i think it's a little not forgotten but maybe a little under under-appreci- underappreciated because i think that there's not a lot of people really talking about it at the uh anymore right now and i i really i was really taken with it so uh that's my number eight it's deep water horizon
1: yeah nice. I, I saw it Um, and I, I found it to be pretty pedestrian. I thought. Interesting. I mean, mean, it was well done. I guess it just, it just wasn't, um, special. I don't know. It's it's not a sure. good. I'm not doing a good job by saying it did exactly what it set out to do, but I feel right. like that's all it did. That's all it did for me. It was I it, I got exactly what I expected mm-hmm. uh out of it and and Mark Wahlberg was Mark Wahlberg, you know, mm-hmm. nice guy in an incredible situation and I just Sure. the movie was over. We said, "Yeah, that was pretty good." And then we went home.
0: Sure. It didn't it it just didn't um hook you in 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 It didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Interesting. Um, interesting. Uh, what about your number seven at this point?
1: Well, talk about a total hook. Um, <laughs> I, I can't think of a bad thing to say about number seven, Don't Breathe. Um, I loved Don't Breathe so much. It was well, – one of my new favorite things to say about it was uh, I paid for the whole seat, but I only needed the edge. <laughs> um, <laughs> there. That
0: is – that is adorable. Honestly. There is simply <laughs>
1: not a more tense movie this year, mm. um, and and so while it's not, it's not, it's not a very thoughtful movie. Um, it on times, at times it's kind of borderline grotesque, which I I would knock some points off, and the reason it's not higher up. Mm. Um, but man, as far as a really tight thriller, I I don't think you can beat Don't Breathe. I I didn't while I watched the movie.
0: Nice. I actually brought that up in OV 183 mm-hmm. and, uh, not, <laughs> um, it's funny because right after us talking about Deepwater Horizon, I thought it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Uh, there were some elements of like, uh, I, I won't say what it is exactly, but there's an element to it kind of toward the end of the movie where it kind of takes a turn
2: mm-hmm.
0: that, I mean, the implication of what what he's what 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 is happening is like so gross and unsettling that it mm-hmm. that it's it got under my skin in kind of a good way um yeah. the motivation for why that happens is ridiculous, and i just i i couldn't uh accept the premise of it, but what it was happening was really uh interesting and and unsettling, but I don't know i kind of i i don't think i really cared that much about the characters that much um okay especially the one obnoxious guy um yeah i think yeah like he i was like okay guy <laughs> okay you you stop now <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but but yeah i mean i thought it was okay so but yeah i respect uh it being on your that high on your list cool
2: and I haven't seen it, just like every other movie you guys are mentioning. So, <laughs> sure,
0: yeah. Uh, what have number- you seen? What's that? Uh, I was just I was trying to transition, then I accidentally cut you off. Nice. So, what have you seen, and what would be at your number seven? Spot? Yes, one that I
2: did see was Captain America: Civil War. <laughs> um, yes. I we talked about this in episode one sixty seven, uh, which was a wa- a little while back. Um, it was just a super fun movie and I just I, I think I harped on the I love the dynamic of the conflict amongst amongst the group. I feel like Marvel has done such a great job establishing these characters and establishing the bond between them and you know there's turmoil at the beginning and then they they assembled so well and and we we've come to to love uh, this this crew and and to see the to see the rift was uh was really just like potent for me i guess and i you know these are just like they, they've they become icons of cinema and and to see them to see them a rift between them is just a really a really hard thing to watch kind of and and it, it it was very very serious and very uh very very potent so i i just really loved civil war for that reason and the uh The comic relief was just on point, like it always is in that franchise. Um, just, just tons of good things to say about, uh, Civil War. Um, check that, check out that episode if you haven't. 167, we, uh, we talked about it extensively.
0: Uh, we did and number seven on my list is captain america civil war nice (laughs) Uh, nice freaking loved that movie so much yeah i I, it's one of i uh, And we've talked about this before but i don't really get in the habit of buying blu-rays that much anymore because anything is really easily accessible if i want to see a movie that bad i mean worse comes to worse i'll rent it on google play um but with Civil War and a couple other movies, I I definitely made the point to purchase the Blu Ray, and it's it holds up so well. I've seen it maybe three times so far, and it's just it's such a freaking great ride. Um, it's so much fun. It's like everything that you said, Tiny. It's it builds upon eight years worth of character development, yeah, um, and builds it into a conflict that is just really um surprising at at part um at points and really satisfying um because we get both the the very uh um emotional emotional conflicts later in the movie but we also get the kind of the popcorn blockbuster conflict in the middle with one of my favorite probably one of my favorite sequences um, I mentioned that it's one of, my, it's my favorite sequence of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, probably, probably. It's one of my favorite sequences I saw in all theater, the, all year in the, all year this year in 2016. Um, and that's the airport scene, cause it's just, it's phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, I love Captain America Civil War, and it's something that, uh, I, I mean, this is a movie that is immensely watchable, and something that I don't think, I don't foresee myself getting sick of. Um, anytime soon even though i still think that the very very large print uh uh location cards throughout the movie were, were pretty uh pretty uh pretty excessive but that's like my one complaint about civil war
2: <laughs> didn't they just add it to netflix like in the last month they did yeah yeah so i haven't seen it since the theater so i'm gonna watch it again nice. on netflix probably in the next month or so so yeah Sweet. i'm looking forward to watching it again
0: Nice. Nice. And, uh, Mike, do you have any comments on that or do you want to go ahead and go to your I, number six? I will
1: save some of my thoughts on Civil War. Gotcha. If I can. Nice. Guess. Cool. Um, sure. but my number six is a movie we already talked about, and that is Rogue One.
2: Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: And I, so I think the, the, the right question to ask, or I think the question at least I've been talking to with, Uh, are asking with some of my friends is do you like it more than force awakens Mm -hmm. um and i think ultimately i came down on no uh force awakens just kind of has already iconic characters and that's what i like about star wars in the first place but Mm -hmm. um what a lot of people say about rogue one is it is the star wars movie for like people that aren't really fans of star wars and i in two of my good friends who are not really big Star Wars fans have said, I think that's my favorite Star Wars movie. And I, and I'm fine with that because it's, it's a really, really great movie. Um, I also think I, I dangerously, dangerously underestimated it. Um, I, you know, it was not like a, I ha- I didn't buy my tickets weeks early. It wasn't like it mm-hmm. kept me up at night thinking about this movie <laughs> like Force Awakens did. I was just like, yeah, we'll we'll see Force Awakens or we'll see Rogue One on Thursday. Uh we'll see what happens. Um and I and I was just so stunned by how good it was. I think I did say this in in my pine tree. Um mm-hmm. I I I it's not higher on the list because it's because it is one of the side stories and and ultimately I think unnecessary, but um Oh my gosh, it was, it was, I think it was way better than, than we deserved. Nice.
0: That, yeah, that's totally, uh, totally fair and totally interesting. I, you know, spoiler alert for the rest of my list. This is the second year we've had a Star Wars movie and the second year in a row that it hasn't made my top 10 list. Wow. Um, and I mean, that's also, I mean, these movies are just kind of, as much as I've rewatched The Force Awakens and as much as I would like to be a part of that fandom, it's just it's just not something that's ever going to hook me the way it hooks you guys. It's just that's just the way it is. Um But I do think that it I did still have some slight issues with it. But it was like, Mike, you mentioned that it is kind of the Star Wars movie for the non Star Wars fan or diehard, not diehard Star Wars fan. And it came close to that for me. It really did. And I still think it is one of the most just visually, if not the most visually like beautiful star Wars movie. Um, it's, it's definitely up there. Just the, there's something to be said about the way that it depicts the, um, that original trilogy era with, you know, modern, modern filmmaking techniques that it's just, it's, clean and, gr- and, and gritty at the same time. And it's just, it's really a wonder to behold in terms of visuals. But, um, some of the story elements I just didn't, uh, or characters really, I can really latch on to as much as I would have liked to. So, um, yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, that's a good number six. Mm-hmm. Uh, tiny, how about yours?
2: My number six is the movie, uh, hell or high water, which, uh, yes. I, I have not talked about yet. I just saw it in the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. um, this is this is kind of a personal pick for me because I find West Texas old, just inexhaustibly fascinating. I I don't I think it's just the fact that it is impossible to make West Texas glamorous <laughs> at all. It it cannot be anything other than gritty and like raw and salt of the earth. And just very, on the surface, not much subtext to any story that could ever happen in West Texas. Because <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's the opposite of the, of urban density. It's it's just the polar opposite of that. And I just find it really fascinating. I love the people that are from there. I find them to be really fascinating. And the the, the lifestyle that you kind of have to have out there. It's, it's very, uh, it's very survivalist, it seems to me. Um, and, and hell or high water really tapped into that. I think it's, I think you could almost put West Texas in its own kind of genre, its like own kind of subgenre. I'm thinking of like, uh, uh, no country for old men, which also takes place in West Texas. Um, it's, it's just a fascinating place. And, and I, Texans have their, they're fun uh, colloquialisms and sayings that are are present in this movie. Um, I, I just, I love the setting and, and the people that, that live in that setting. And so it really spoke to me on that level. Uh, but I think more than that, it's just, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely in the Western genre. It's got that mm-hmm. Western feel to it. Um, the, the, the outlaws and the, the law enforcement officer dynamic to it that, that Matt mentioned. Um, and, and I, i absolutely love the cast um jeff bridges is he's jeff bridges i mean he's he's a character all on his own um and then i've i've been a huge ben foster fan for a long time and anytime i hear that he's in a movie i get excited and and this was another example of that and he was he was just phenomenal on this again he he was awesome um and 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 Chris Pine, who I like a lot as well, I, I'm excited when he's in a movie as well. Um, he's had some some bomb crappy stuff, uh, but he can be so great. I think when he's right with with the right cast with the right script, because he he managed to shine just as much as Ben Foster did in this movie. Um, and they're two drastically different characters. Um, I just I loved every minute of this movie, and I couldn't take my eyes off the screen it's it's really good i i may add it to my uh blu-ray collection oh, which nice. yeah i i i just love the setting and it it just speaks to me on a visual level um like matt said we've talked about before we don't buy as much blu-rays and dvds as we used to um so that that kind of says something even some of the movies i'm going to mention that are higher on the list i probably won't i won't add to my blu-ray but this one I think I will. So it's it's just a really great movie, and I loved it.
0: Nice, very nice. Um, I'll I need to revisit that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, I forget did did you get a chance to see that at all?
1: I did. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. Nice, <laughs> nice, very nice. Yeah, yeah that's um, there's been a lot of that. Um, maybe yeah. I was more forgiving to movies this year. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you use you 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 kind of talked about how it was a western and one of the. The terms that I heard kind of thrown about about it was a, uh, was a neo-western, and I liked that a lot. Mm, that's good, I like yeah. I that a
0: lot too. Yeah. Nice. Um, my number six is, um, a movie that I, I brought up in OV196. It is Moana. Nice. And I just, this is a movie that, um, I mean, I, I heaped praise upon it in, in OV196, but it's a, I mean, it's, it stayed with me since then it is such a refreshing animated movie it, it has this uh what i really liked about it is it has this princess character essentially that she it takes the princess template of animated movies disney princess movies essentially and it it updates it to 2016 it it has this very self-assertive very um um intelligent uh main character that every time she's in peril, she gets herself out of peril and it is thrilling and really satisfying to see, see it. She's not a damsel. She's no one's rescuing her. And the set pieces, the set pieces for the, for the thrilling aspects of it are just that they're, I mean, they're, they're thrilling. I, like I was, I was uh, right there with her. I was uh, right there with the characters and right there with the movie. I was very fearful for the safety of the characters and I mean, the music in it. I've just, I'm still, I'm still in, like, I will have songs from this movie just pop up in my head just randomly throughout the day. I probably, I probably thought of music from the Moana soundtrack probably three times today while working, just randomly without provocation. And, uh, it's just, it's a movie that I just, I had so much fun with it. Um, the rock, Dwayne Johnson is phenomenal in it. I still, I, I think that he was, he was perfect in that role. He plays this cocky demigod and it's just, it's such a great dynamic in the, in the movie. And I really, I really appreciated it and really, uh, really enjoyed it. So that's my number six. It's Moana.
1: Yep. That's, that's one <laughs> of those uh, that I just had no interest in, in. no interest in. Um, it's
0: funny because I, I really didn't either, but I, I kind of saw it on a whim after hearing some good things and it just, it kind of blew me away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I bet it's one of those ones that I'll see and, and just adore, but mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, animated movies really don't speak to me in the first place. Sure. And so I, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it, I would have to see it on a whim or, or mm-hmm. be forced to see it, I suppose.
0: It'd be really interesting to, uh, see see how you feel about animated movies in like four or five years. Um, yeah, I know you start I'm taking Oscars about it to be
1: honest with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, so that's Moana and, uh, Mike, how about your number five?
1: My number five is a movie. movie. I, th- I thought you guys were going to talk about, you might be talking about it, uh, <laughs> in a little bit. Um, Man, I guess the theme here is horror, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Green Room is number five. Mm, nice. nice. Another death that, that, um, I guess it affected me uh, enough to speak of was Anton Yelkin. I, that, I was mm-hmm. pretty upset by that. And so I hadn't seen Green Room yet. And, and it was on my lists, um, all year up until that point. And, uh, and I finally checked it out and I was just blown away by, um, you know, a lot like don't breathe, blown away by the tension. Um, I love, I, I'm a punk musician myself. So, you know, mm-hmm. the, the whole punk scene kind of spoke to me. Now I, I never played in a, in a Nazi bar. Uh, of sure. psychos or anything like that by any means <laughs> um but i i mean i remember the feeling of playing an event in a sketchy venue and and just some of the stuff that they have to do was it was a um it was a really a treat of a movie
0: nice i i loved that movie too and i'll, I'll talk about it later as will i <laughs> nice. uh tiny how about your number five
2: uh top five kicking off with deadpool um, which nice. we talked about in uh, episode 163. Um, as Mike said, the hilarity and the perfect casting of Ryan Reynolds uh, makes that movie. and it's, it's, it, it, it does more than make it a good movie. It makes it a great movie. And, and I just the, the character is just so perfect uh, that he could be in a, he can be in a movie. That has a uh, a pretty standard plot and a so-so villain, like Mike said, which I agree with. Uh, but it can absolutely stand out and it can be a a February darling that had no business making two hundred million dollars and <laughs> and I, I I think it made that money because of word of mouth and and people just just heard and talked to everybody about how great it is. and uh, and I think it had. A good marketing strategy with kind of that leaked test footage uh if i don't know if that was intentional on the part of the studio but it was pretty brilliant because it you know it worked out really well for everybody it worked out well for the studio because they made a crap ton of money and all of us uh you know viewers and fans because it was a great movie so um check out episode 163 for our thoughts on that we we all loved it and it's it again this would probably still day in my top five i think even if i had seen 200 movies this year i nice. love deadpool
0: very nice uh let's see so my number five is uh 10 cloverfield lane <laughs> and i just it's this is a movie that um I mean, we've we've touched on it a little bit so far, so I won't I won't dwell on it too much. But um, I was just really really into this movie. Um, I talked about it in OV one fifty six. I think I think I did kind of a disservice to it. Um, I think I may have also brought it up in OV one fifty eight. Now that I think about it, but in OV one fifty six, I kind of talked about it as a shitty theater experience <laughs> because I had this old couple that was, that were sitting directly behind me talking throughout the entire movie. Um, I, it was so bad that I had to leave or I had to move seats. But anyway, um, 10 Lane is, it just kind of, it came out of nowhere. I, I love that there is a movie on my list that I can essentially it. I mean, it's part of the part of a brand or a recognizable name and if I were to look at my top ten list this time last year, like if I were to, uh, like if I were to time travel and hand my hand myself one year ago a list of my top ten movies, I would look and think, what what the hell is Ten Cloverfield Lane? <laughs> like I, I love the marketing aspect of it and how it kind of came out of nowhere and it was kind of a surprise. But um, that's a fun
1: game because I'm looking at my yeah. list and like none of it is all that surprising i'm like okay oh, yeah. i got five horror movies on there oh <laughs> sure. there's a couple of superhero movies oh star wars Oh, a couple of sci-fi yeah no surprise <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sure. um yeah and also i mean if you would have if i would go back and be like hey matt you're gonna have a disney animated movie on your on your in the uh as a number six and um the pixar movie that's a sequel to one of your most beloved Pixar movies is not even going to, is going to barely make your, uh, honorable mentions. That would be kind of a trip, but, um, 10 Cloverfield lane is just, it's, it's phenomenal. I love this self-contained or this very contained story of these characters in this confined space. And John Goodman is just so freaking amazing. Um, I referenced when I talked about captain America, civil war, I referenced the air, the airport scene, maybe, uh, a close contender to being a better scene for me is the scene in 10 Cloverfield Lane when they're playing. Um, I, I don't know if it's charades. I don't know what game they're playing, but they're, they're playing a game and it's just this amazing study of tone <laughs> um, because it's, it's so drenched in humor and fear and terror that it's, it's such an interesting way to juggle so many emotions. And it's uh, cause in the scene, John Goodman is, um, he's saying something that is making the other two characters think it's, think he's saying something else, but he is completely in a different headspace than what they're assuming he's in. And it's just this, it's this oh, amazing. So it's so good. It's so great. Um, and the whole movie for me was just really, uh, really phenomenal. Uh, God, I need me. to see that movie. I know. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's my number five. It's 10 Cloverfield lane. I've seen it a few times. um, uh, this year, and and I mean, I'm I'm really uh, really excited about it. And Tiny is getting up, and he is grabbing the Blu-ray so that he doesn't. I'm forget putting
2: it. it in my bag nice. right now,
0: literally. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so let's see, Mike. How about your number four? Yeah, sure. Uh, we're
1: getting into a place where I think we're talking about movies we've already talked about um it's easily hell or high water and and for all the same reasons tiny um put it on his list i'm gonna put it even higher on my list i (laughs) i loved being in that world which is kind of funny because i i love being in the galaxy far far away you would think rogue one would be (laughs) up there but man the 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 painting that is just created by by the the cinematography in Hella High Water. It's just like it makes my mouth dry thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and the characters are so um uh, so low and gritty, and I just I just I just loved it so
0: much. Nice. Yeah, yeah I really need to revisit that. I I loved it for what it for what it was. I loved that it was. It, the antagonist of the movie is the bank. It's an, a financial institution, and it right. kind of seems a little bit. Uh, um, uh, it's a little bit reflective of the of the world, <laughs> and it's it's kind of it's an interesting 2016 movie. I'll I'll say that. Yeah. Um, and something I really need to revisit it. So so yeah. Um. So that's number four. Tiny. How about your number four?
2: Uh, my number four is Snowden which we talked about in episode 185. We did a full review of it. Um, I I just, I love the, uh, my, my favorite part about it is the characterization of Edward Snowden and how he's painted somewhat ambiguously, but I think ultimately uh, kind of championed and his efforts that he went through. Uh, his story is, is kind of championed and, and represented as a good thing, but I feel like there's some ambiguity to it that I think was a, a well-done and a very good choice for the character. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, one of my top five favorite actors right now, without question, so there's there's a little bit of bias there, but I think that is absolutely defensible. Um, and, and, and I've said... So many times, my, my hit or miss feelings with Oliver Stone, he's up and down. I do consider him a good filmmaker without question. Um, but he's, he drops some bombs, uh, pretty regularly. So, uh, reference episode 185 for a review of Snowden. Um, lots of good things to say about it. Uh, I think it's, I think it's probably one of Oliver Stone's best. And, uh, I, I just think this, this event, I think it's very important now, obviously, but I think the importance of what Edward Stone did will play out in the decades to come and I think it will be historically viewed as a really important moment in in, in not just not just uh American history, but maybe even, you know, the history of society in general and, and, and how we govern ourselves. I think it will be a very important event and I think it was captured really well by oliver stone and and everyone involved in the movie
0: nice yeah that didn't make it that didn't make any of my lists but um if i had more honorable mentions it probably would have would have landed somewhere there gotcha i did have some problems with it but but that's a good that's a respectable pick
2: did you see that one mike uh no i did
1: not it it, uh okay i guess that was one that i wanted to see but i did not (laughs) gotcha okay
0: just curious Nice. Um, My number four, and I I won't spend that much time on it because we've already kind of talked about it. uh, Green Room. Nice. Um, Jeremy Saunier's follow up to Blue Ruin. I mean, it's, uh, we talked about it in OV 168. um, And man, I just, I freaking loved that movie so much. It's the, the tone of it. Like it's, it's thrilling. It's terrifying. It's, I mean there are there's images in this movie that are going to stick with me. It's like like I yeah, I mean I got pretty a pretty gruesome. So gruesome. Brutal. Oh yeah. Gruesome. I like I can't oh, like yeah. I was yeah. shocked. I was shocked. Yep. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And uh it's just it's really fantastic. It's like like I actually woke up early on a Sunday <laughs> and I drove to a theater that is is kind of out of my way uh just to see because that's the only theater that I was playing in and I just I was I was so so floored by it. I, I was very much very taken with it. And uh yeah, we talked about in one hundred sixty eight. I was supposed to be on or I did a guest spot on uh the film schlubs podcast, but I don't think that episode actually ever got posted, but um still it's it's such a great movie. I'll I'll I am so so interested to see what happens with Jeremy Sonier's career going forward because that guy is is just fantastic he's he's amazing um and green room was fantastic and i loved it and uh i really miss anton yelchin i mean that yeah yeah oh, yep. such a such a star on the rise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so sad absolutely so sad. uh so mike why don't you bring us into your number three well, uh, if we could talk
1: a movie to death, my number three is Civil War, Captain America. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I loved uh, Winter Soldier. And I still think Winter Soldier is a better movie. Uh, I mean, Winter Soldier was my okay. really movie of the year, the year it came out. And Civil mm-hmm. War clearly is number three. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I don't I don't want to nitpick a number three movie and figure out why it's only number three. But uh, mm-hmm. um, it, it I I've, it's better it was better than either of the avengers movies i think um mm-hmm. it, it's it's interesting to see civil war stack up against um say age of ultron and just see how you know even age of ultron that does it well to see civil war do it even better do it do it right I mean, I hesitate to say perfect, but do it, do it, uh, almost perfectly. Um, I, I think by now everybody has seen it. So, um, if, if, if you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening for a couple seconds. But, um, the scene where Peter Parker comes in, I am, I am a diehard, uh, Spider-Man fan. And so to see him in the Marvel Universe just, just floored me. Uh, and some of his action scenes were, uh, you know, the airport hangar scene is just, it's just mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes of the year as well. Um, and just, just such a, just such a thrilling, fun comic book experience.
0: Nice. Well said. Yep. I agree completely. Uh, yep. So tiny, your number three. Uh, my number
2: three is a movie we have not talked about yet. It is other people. um, Right off the bat, I will say if if Jesse Clemens oh crap. oh crap. What? <laughs> okay. When I was Jeez. <sighs> when I was making
1: my list, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're okay. When I was making my list and I so I started with like 20 and then I cut it down to 10 and I was like trying to figure out which ones to put in. And I had in, so I like deleted the ones that were in the top ten from my list of the remaining ones. And then when we talked about room, and I said, well, I better cut room out. I, I accidentally had already deleted other people. Um, other people yeah. should be my number ten. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. Overfield Lane. I take it out. I take it gotcha. out, and in fact, I would move. I'd move other people up to number nine. It was so oh, wow. good, so I'll let you tell us why. But yeah, nice. but so screw that. If you could on the show notes, Matt, <laughs> put number ten as chlorophyll and just a line through it, sure,
2: <laughs> and make an amendment that other people is my number ten. Gotcha. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So if if Jesse Plemons and Molly Shannon. Do not get Oscar nominations. I will be hugely disappointed in in the Academy, which is nothing new, but (laughs) uh, that they were both just phenomenal. Uh, Some of my favorite performances of the entire year without question. Um, The story, I think a lot of people have no idea what this movie is. Mm -hmm. It was barely in theaters. Um, I I don't think a lot of people saw it, but it's about a guy, younger guy who moves back home when his mother is diagnosed with cancer to, to help his family through her, her sickness and her illness. Um, so it's, it's a very simple premise, but through incredible writing and just really grounded characters, it's, it is a exceptional film. Um, it's, it's also a dark comedy and the opening scene of the movie is one of the best opening scenes I've ever seen of oh any movie gosh. ever. Yes. Oh, wow. It is Epic! It's I was cry laughing, I was tears were coming down my face from laughing so hard. Um, Oh wait! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! The opening scene is so funny. Before you
1: said the cry laughing, and you're like the opening scene, and I'm thinking of like before it gets funny, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, yeah, good. And then you're like, and I die
2: laughing, and I was like, wait, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. And I was
1: like, oh yeah, oh yeah,
2: yeah. It's and and it's it's such an emo it's so emotionally gripping. There's moments where you're just the the raw emotion is dripping off these characters, and you're bawling your eyes out, and then you'll start laughing your ass off because it'll just switch at the drop of a hat. Because they're such funny people and and such rounded characters in the movie, uh, it's so genuine and and it's it's such a it's such a great look at like a 21st century family. Uh, the family dynamic and, and, dealing with an illness and, and all the, the drama surrounding that. Um, and, and, you know, finding comedy in such a desperate, horrible situation. Uh, it's, it's really well done. The writing is off the charts and it's, it's just a really great movie. I, I might, I might add this to my DVD collection, We'll see. Uh, I, I think it's absolutely worth adding to a collection. It's it's a really great movie.
1: Yeah. You know, we talk about movies we would add to our DVD collection. It's it's one I almost can't bear to add.
2: Yeah, I agree right? with that.
1: Right? And I almost feel like, like I want to recommend it to just everybody, but I'm also like, oh, have they, you know what I mean? Like, have they gone through this? I better not. Because it's yeah. devastating.
2: Mm. It will crush you. Yeah.
0: That, I, I haven't seen it yet, and I'm, kind of afraid to see it um it's on netflix so right yeah just judging from the subject matter i'm kind of i'm kind of nervous to see it but i'm very excited to see it
2: right yeah i can understand that yeah it's it's Uh, pretty devastating i think even this would be a top five still even with again having seen 200 movies this year i think this would still be my top five
0: nice yeah um my number three is arrival uh nice. denny villeneuve's sci-fi movie alien invasion movie that we reviewed in episode 193 of the podcast was i on that in my popper potpourri- and my uh uh pine tree? you were not you were not although it's funny because uh probably honestly 15 minutes after we finished recording is when you called me out after the theater and you we had a conversation about it when you were driving home oh,
1: oh yeah that's right i called you i didn't yeah. record a thing that's right it,
0: Yeah. And then, and then like, as we were talking, I didn't say this, but as we were talking, I was like, I should be fucking recording this (laughs) because it's a really good conversation. Yeah. But, but, uh, but yeah, Arrival was, um, everything I look for in a science fiction movie. Um, it is thought provoking. It is really interesting. It's, it's very, um, it takes, it takes kind of a broad premise of, of this aliens, first contact with aliens. Aliens have arrived there. How does humanity react to it? And it takes it to places that are not expected, that I, I didn't expect it to go. And, uh, there are just visually just stunning moments in this movie that, um, I'm thinking in particular, like just the scene of them entering into the, into the, the shell that they call it, um, entering into the ship is like just the way that that's filmed is just so striking and so beautiful. And, uh, where the, where the movie goes, it, it ends up telling this really, really, um, profound story. Um, uh, from the opening scene, like I was like, I'm going to cry during this movie and it leads Mm -hmm. to places that I was not expecting it to go. And, uh, And that I can't talk about without spoiling it. So um, it just, it was a gut punch for me. And it was just a movie that I really, really uh, was satisfied with and really um, can't wait to buy it on Blu ray. Um, Very, very good movie. And uh, yeah, that's my number three. um, Nice.
1: Well, gosh, man, I'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: very nice we're running out of movies uh, here <laughs> right. yeah uh so how about your number two mike
1: uh my number two is i think it was one of your honorable mentions it's the witch
0: oh nice and cool. it was
1: it was number one until uh until my number one mm-hmm. um and i I was sucked into the era of the witch so hard. That movie stuck with me so so much. It's it's similar um in tone or 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 in um presentation to Blair Witch in in that there's not a whole lot of scary uh, in your face moments at all really i i think there are almost none um but the but the tone is is horrific um and really the the way it plays with um religious devotion and um you know the 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 nightmare is is being a young woman in the 1400s really mm-hmm. 1500s and so, or was it 1600s? I don't know. You guys, I'm not good at history. I don't know. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> it's a long time ago. You don't, I, you don't wanna... have your
0: master's in history, Mike. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Um, and so I, I loved
1: the, the era accurate dialogue. I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it's a, I watched it again in Shocktober and it's a movie that would, you know, had I watched more, um, movies from my collection it's a it's a movie i'd go back to over and over again it's a movie also where i think if if i could tone it down um i would find a way to watch it in my english classes it's it's a movie i just oh, i just want to f- like feel and talk about and and mm-hmm. um you know i i it's a it's a movie that i that i would you know you could call a piece of literature and
2: i just i wow. loved it I really regret nice. not seeing that one. I thought it looked awesome. <laughs> I, I really did. I it yeah. should have been in my missed movies. Yeah.
0: It's on Amazon Prime right now. That's good. Yep. Uh, nice. That's that's awesome. Uh, Tiny, how about your number two? Uh,
2: my number two is Arrival, which Matt just mentioned nice. and we talked about in episode one ninety three. Um, I the, the movie just has that feel and the the uh, the dynamic of a like a tentpole sci fi story, like something that you would mention amongst the greatest sci-fi stories ever told like Dune and uh Star Wars and other other <laughs> other yeah other sci-fi movies that you would you would put in the pantheon of sci-fi movies I think Arrival has that potential I've only seen it the one time and I adored it and we talked about it extensively in episode 193 so so reference that um but it's 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 just one of those one of those movies that I think people are going to talk about for a long time and, and it's going to be referenced. It's going to be referenced in other sci-fi movies and it's, it's, it's just really, really great. And, and it it does what sci-fi should do. It's Mm -hmm. awesome movie.
0: Very nice. Uh, So let's see. It's down to me. My number two. Yep. Okay. So my number two is, Honestly, like I, I kind of, I picked my first two, my number one and my number two, um, and in that order and, and for very specific reasons. So my number two is Manchester by the sea. And I picked it as number two. I This is a more personal choice for me. Um, cause it's a movie that deals with grief and it's, that's something that I've gone through this year and it's something that's stuck, stuck with me obviously. And, Manchester by the sea is about um, Casey Affleck's brother dies and he comes back home to, uh, to the the town to, to um, care for his, his brother's son, a teenage son. And there is, this movie is so, I mean, (laughs) it is so, it's, it's kind of hard to watch. Um, because it is a gut punch after gut punch after gut punch. And it is something that is really spectacular in the way that it deals with depicting grief of characters. And it has a very human story at the center of it of these characters. It's not just these characters dealing with the loss of of, of a, a central figure in their life. It's about them dealing with their lives and um there is an element to the story that is slowly divulged to us throughout the movie that when when the movie kind of reaches a point where we've where we got where it kind of lays all the cards on the table it's like it's a transformative kind of thing it's it's a it's almost revelatory in, in the way it depicts its drama i mean it it just i was so so in tune with what this movie was doing and so in tune with the performances. Um, uh, I will say that Michelle Williams is in this movie, but, and she's a little bit underused, but when she's on screen and there's a scene with her and Casey Affleck that is unbelievable. Like it is one of my favorite scenes of the entire, the entire year. Um, It is just so powerful and so moving and so heartbreaking. And um, I mean, just, and that's, that's the whole movie. Like the whole movie is that, and it's, it has these different characters dealing with different situations. And it's this dichotomy at the center of it is the story between Casey Affleck's character and his, and his nephew who, um, they're both at different, it, the way that they, the way that they learn from each other is, is really spectacular. And there are moments that are just. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's a revelation. I freaking loved Manchester by the sea. It, it touched me very deeply and it's, it's a movie that I, I, I love so much. Um, It is, it is a fantastic, fantastic movie and I highly recommend people checking it out. And that is why it is my number two.
2: Awesome. I want to see that really bad. Oh, it's so good. Love Casey Affleck.
0: Me too. Yep. Nice. Um and that is my number 2 and uh we're here guys. We're here to our it. number one's our oh, favorite yes.
1: movie of the year. And and yes. so I I'm kind of kind of echo something we've said throughout this podcast. I have this strong strong feeling that Manchester by the sea will be up higher and that La La land might be my number one by the end of the year. And I don't know if that means something about arrival or that means something about the, the witch that I don't, that I didn't, you know, that those aren't locks. I mean, um, you know, last couple of years, I feel like my number one is just a lock. And so while my number one, which is arrival, um, is, is, is a near lock and just really blew me away. And like, as Matt alluded to, we, we had a conversation on the phone afterwards, which I, which I don't do often, but I, I mm-hmm. just had to call Matt <clears throat> after I saw that thing. Um, but I, I, I do think it's a year where the best movies kind of came out late and I will have more to say when those come out. But, um, as far as the movies I saw in 2016, um, Arrival, was, was a pretty easy number one, uh, to end on. Kind of, kind of a lot of what you said before. I, I'm such a sucker for time bending, uh, ideas movies. Um, and I think it's a, it's a movie where if you, where if you think too hard about it or you get too into it, you can kind of just go in circles. And it's, it's the kind of movie where, you know, like my students will complain about, um, you know, you can think a movie bad or think a story mm-hmm. bad where if you think about it too much it just it just kind of unravels and i and i think if you do you know you can get to a point with arrival where it's just it's just not worth it anymore but um there is a real sweet spot of a of a message that arrival is trying to convey that has really kept me thinking and and it's a it's a kind of movie i can't wait to continue to show people uh a lot of what i do now when i watch movies is like okay wh- when can i show my son this movie or <clears throat> excuse me or when will my son appreciate this movie? And I look at the list and like, so civil war, he'll, he'll want to see civil war in like five years. Um, and arrival is one we'll have to wait, like maybe till he's in high school. Um, but I, but I really can't wait to, uh, to, to talk to him about a movie like arrival tiny. I think you said something about how you, you can, you could see it in the pantheon of like the great sci-fi movies. And I'm totally with you there. um, I I hope Arrival gets some recognition at the end of the year. Uh, Otherwise, I think it'll go fairly forgotten um, as the years go by. But I think think it shouldn't be missed. Well said.
0: Nice. Very well said. Very cool. Um, Tiny, how about your number one? Uh, My number
2: one has been mentioned by both of you already. It is Green Room. Uh, which I think when I talked about it in episode 187, I said it will, I'm pretty sure I told you it would be in my top 10. I Mm -hmm. I think it was my number one movie of the year at the time. And I, nothing could, could uh, knock it from the throne for me. Um, I, I talked about how I had a physical reaction to the movie, (laughs) which is no other movie did that to me this year, you know? And, and sometimes that happens uh, when I talked about 12 years a slave I had a physical reaction to that. It it just hit me in so many different ways. Uh, you have to like feel green room. I mean, there's there's this visceral appeal to it, and there's this this the visual coupled with the audio and the sound causes you to feel what you're watching that's that's what it did to me when someone gets their arm broken you watch it and you hear it and my arm started to hurt (laughs) like that's the kind of movie this is that's how well it was captured and jeremy Saulnier has a ridiculous talent for replicating that kind of feeling Mm -hmm. um i had a similar reaction to, to blue ruin um and i purchased his first uh, feature-length film Murder Party on DVD uh, after watching Green Room. Uh, just I, I know nothing about it. I was like, I'm buying it. I don't care. Nice. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. I was going to report back to you guys. I haven't watched it yet. Hopefully, again, I'll try to say that again, that I'll report back to you guys with my thoughts <laughs> on that movie. But Green Room, I I even I think if I see... La La Land and Manchester by the Sea and Fences and Moonlight, some of those other movies. I I'd, I'd be a little bit surprised if it toppled Green Room from my number one. Interesting. So maybe in our twenty seventeen year in review when we talk about this year and addendums we might make. I I still think Green Room will be my number one. Um, nice. I can't wait to see it again. It was so great, and uh, I Jeremy Saulnier is also at the throne right now of the filmmaker I'm most interested in watching what he's doing mm-hmm. next so uh, Green Room is fantastic go see it listen to what I said about it in episode 187 awesome movie Green oh, nice. Room cannot be higher than number 5 because of
1: Imogen Poot's hair in that movie <laughs> <laughs> I, ha- I can't stand that like the straight bang but like short down the sides
2: haircut it's just it's not good <laughs> It's not um, good. That's oh, Mike!
0: Totally reasonable. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, green room, not a top five because of a haircut, all right? <laughs> I'm a hair guy, man, what can I say? Well, Fair enough.
0: Go. Um, Maddie, right. yes. So my number one, um, you know, I I mentioned that the first, the number one and number two were kind of personal picks for me. Um, number one is a movie that I know both of you haven't seen yet. Um. So it's going to be kind of, not that tricky, but, um, it's La La Land. And the reason that I put it at number one is not only because it is a, it's a beautiful movie. I mean, it is, it is top to bottom, just beautiful. The, uh, I mentioned when I, when I mentioned Moana that I, the, the music pops up in my head every now and then, uh, or it popped up in my head like three times, uh, at random that was in between listening to the soundtrack for La La Land, um, Mm -hmm because this movie I I just adored it and I, I part of the reason that that made me really into it and really uh put it at number 1 above Manchester by the Sea is it's it's a joyful movie it is there is such an energy of positivity to it um that it, it's not an all happy movie. It, it really isn't, but it is, there's an, there's a joyful energy to it that really spoke to me and really, really made me, um, made me into it and along for the ride. And the relationship at its core is, I thought really well drawn. And the chemistry between Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone is freaking electric. um, The movie goes places that I I didn't expect it to, but in, but overall, the way that it depicts these two characters and their relationship and how their relationship is affected by their, their personal passions, like Emma Stone is an actress and Ryan Gosling is a jazz musician. And it's in the way that it depicts how their relationship grows, their relationship grows out of their, their their uh, their individual passions that it's just it's the way that it's drawn and the way that it plays out is just so beautiful and moving to me and made me just so along for the ride it's it's a beautiful movie it, it it's kind of a it's a little bit uh it it leads places i didn't expect it to and i think that the uh, much much like in the same way that Whiplash, uh, which was my 2014 movie of the year, nice. Um, much of the way that Whiplash ends in a freaking amazing, uh, amazing, uh, energetic musical number um, at the end of it, uh, La La Land achieves something very similar. It, it achieves a, a climax at the end of it that is is. One of the most memorable things I saw in the movies this this year. And uh, also in its depiction of it's it's got this kind of this feel to it or this this aesthetic that is, um, it's an ode to like classic Hollywood. Um, it's but it it's still a modern day movie. it's 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 almost like a period movie set in the modern day if that makes any sense it has this very classic hollywood feel um that is just so beautiful and it's it's so uh visually pleasing and i i uh i absolutely adored this movie and uh i can't wait for you guys to see it i really can't
1: (laughs) sorry Um, yeah i know me either seen it seen it thursday
0: Nice. It is uh, It is a joy to watch. I loved it, and uh, I can't wait to see it again, and I can't wait to listen to the soundtrack more over and over and over again. Awesome. Um, I loved it. Um, so that's our top ten list, and we've been recording for a long time, so we can kind of rapid-fire the last two, last two uh, parts, if you guys don't mind. Sure. Um, Absolutely. Just our worst movies and... Let's go with our worst movies. Uh, do you guys want to go ahead and Mike? What, what were what made your list for worst movies of the year? Yeah, I'll I'll
1: just go through these really quick. Um, okay. So again, I'm not going to rank them because they they are all <laughs> pretty rank, if you will. Sure. Um, but I guess if I had to say the worst one is Batman versus Superman. I hated that movie <laughs> so much. I just hated it. I hate it. I hate that that's what's going on in the DC universe. I hate, I love. I really adore Batman, and I hate that that's the experience we get for Batman. I have expressed my disdain for Zack Snyder. Uh, I just I just hated Batman versus Superman. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. Uh, London has fallen was terrible.
0: Um, God, I
2: love that movie. <laughs> Did you really? I loved it. Oh it's God, a bad. So it's bad. a bad movie, but I loved it. Okay.
0: I, yeah. I didn't love it, but I will say that I thought that the ending, like the, like kind of the, the, uh, toward the end when he's making his, his, uh, I don't know, he's, he's riding into the, to the place to save whatever. I don't, I don't know or care. It's like all one continuous take and it's night and it's, he's in an alley and a bunch of people are, it's a big gunfight going around. I liked that. No. But overall, the oh, movie so was, was terrible. Yeah. yeah so it sucked. Uh,
1: the Huntsman? Maybe. Maybe I haven't given that too much credit for being bad. I think ultimately just forgettable. Uh, The Darkness with Kevin Bacon. Oh, my God. I don't even know what happened in that movie. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Another case of should be good, but it wasn't, is X-Men Apocalypse. That was another trash, garbage movie yeah Um, i did unfortunately watch adam sandler and david spade's the do-over on netflix tragically oh no i did yeah well i'm i'm just waiting for summer of sandler part four
0: that i was gonna make that remark yeah yeah we're we're almost due for it
1: we are i mean we could fill an episode
0: honestly no Uh,
1: think about it
2: think about it (laughs) no well just oh i'm hard pass. <laughs> we'll just think about? It. We'll just
0: think about? I it. I'm going to definitely force us to do one uh, once the uh, first batch of all of his Netflix movies is completely out and done. Well, I just I think we have to.
1: So anyway. Oh, absolutely. Um the do-over of uh, The Mechanic Resurrection. Why that's <laughs> oh. even a movie? Oh my god, you guys. Did you see that movie? No. No, I have no idea what that movie was about. Like it it's... started out like <laughs> okay the, it, the with a wink and a nod like okay this movie's dumb but it knows it's dumb let's have some fun and then it was not fun it was not Jeez. fun at all um i did see all hallows eve 2 and i and i put that on there because there were some really really awful shorts on it um but i should have expected it the first first one was very mixed bag and and so um overall not so bad um another mm-hmm my last one on my list of worst movies was masterminds. Um, God was just a one note joke that really, I like Zach Galifianakis. I love Kristen Wiig and that the, the joke in that one died about 30 minutes in and I just struggled through the rest of the movie.
0: That movie was supposed to come out like last summer, but they got, I mean, it was supposed to come out like summer 2015 and then it got shelved. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I had, I had one year's subscription to MoviePass that could get me into any theater screening I wanted um, at all. And the majority of your list, Mike, is stuff that I was like, I don't even with MoviePass. I don't (laughs) want to watch them. (laughs) So that's interesting. Wow.
1: Well, a lot of these are like like just luck of the schedule. Like we go on Thursday nights and see one a week, and I don't quite have the luxury of just you know, going on a, on a, on a Saturday to see something good. So like, sure. London has fallen was the movie that was out that week. And
2: we're like, "Eh, well, (laughs) what are you going to (laughs) do?
0: Sure. Uh, tiny, how about your worst of list?
2: You know, with as little as I saw this year, I avoided a lot of the crap, uh, but I will to, I I will call them dishonorable mentions, uh, Mm -hmm. Batman versus Superman and Mm X-Men apocalypse that Mike mentioned. Uh, those two franchises deserve better. Um, and I actually kind of enjoyed both movies, but they're not good movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, think I said it in our review of Batman versus Superman, but I am done defending Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah. I will no longer, I mean, it should have happened a couple of years ago, <laughs> but, uh, I, I won't, I won't necessarily take back a lot of the good things I've said about his films, but I'm done defending him. He's, I will no longer look forward to his work. Uh, he's, he's done for, um, in my book. So those are, those are the only two I have really for, uh, not necessarily the worst of the year, but just dishonorable mentions. I'll put that, I'll, I'll put it that way.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, I have, I have 10, I'll run through several of them quickly. Um, number 10, uh, number one being the worst, uh, 10 was the forest, just completely forgettable horror movie with, uh, um, Oh, uh, Natalie Dormer. It's just, it, Not even worth really mentioning. Wow. Um, number nine is Triple Nine, which was a gritty, dirty cop heist movie that was off the rails, did not work for me at all, had a fantastic cast, but it just, it, none of the character motivations made sense whatsoever. It didn't track at all. Um, it was, it was just not, not good for me. Um, number eight, um, (laughs) Mike is, uh, Blair Witch. I,
1: I I just can't agree with you that that's one of yeah. the worst of the year.
0: I I think that its placement on that list is because I was so let down by it okay. because I I mean I love the Blair Witch project even though it does have some diminishing d- like diminishing returns each time I revisit it mm-hmm. but the idea of the legacy sequel with that with Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett doing it um, who they they I've, I was so primed for them to just revolutionize the uh, the found footage format. Yeah. And what I feel like what we got just did not do any of that. It felt so kind of rote and uh, just kind of going through the paces of a standard found footage horror movie. Um, some of the technology I thought was kind of cool. Like they incorporated drones. I thought that was kind of cool, but also it didn't really do much of anything. Um, in terms of it in uh, in terms of the actual movie. And they also implemented this idea of like these Bluetooth cameras that they put in their ears that in concept was pretty, was pretty cool. But I just kind of realized like that's their cheat to, to make a more mm-hmm. conventional looking found footage movie. And I thought that's kind of lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I will agree with you. The ending, the the kind of finale of it was really, um, really tense and really, uh, really like it built it, it paid off pretty well. Um, but leading up to that, I was just, it was, it was, it was kind of, uh it was kind of just it kind of going through the motions for me and I, I just couldn't, and I didn't care about any of the characters at all. Yeah. Um, and it just, it just didn't work for me. Um Yeah. Um, number seven is a movie that I actually enjoyed, but for the most part, but the more I got away from it, I wasn't crazy about it. Um, and it's just kind of, it's forgettable. It's, uh, the magnificent seven. Um, again, these are bad. Yeah. I mean, eh, uh, it was like, I, I had kind of positive thoughts coming out of it, but the more I thought of it, it's like the characterization didn't do anything for me. Some of the characters were completely miscast. um, The, the villain was nothing. I mean,
1: you know, my big criticism of that movie, mm -hmm. and it it was a very middle of the road movie for me, was that the trailers made the movie seem like it was going to be, uh, cool. And I, and I choose that word carefully. Like they had an, like, why remake Magnificent Seven the exact same way? I mean, the movie was not cool. It was like, Mm -hmm. at worst, like dorky. It was a dorky movie. (laughs) It was. Does that it make was, sense? I, like it was. Not oh, absolutely.
0: Cool. Oh yeah. It was. It was definitely uh, like you said. It, it is a very middle of the road movie, but also it. I think I just I I love that story so much. Um, I I love it so much, and like I went uh, after watching that, I watched uh, I broke out my uh my DVD of uh, Seven Samurai, and I watched that for the first time in a few years, and just it's. Obviously, I can't – I mean you can't really compare the two, but um, it's just – it reminds me just how well that story can be told. And Magnificent Seven just – it seemed – in retrospect, it seemed like it was actively avoiding the best, like any good way to tell that story. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we got like nothing, nothing in terms of how the, how the Magnificent Seven interacted with the actual townspeople. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like I said, the villain character was nothing. Uh, the final battle scene was pretty cool, but it was also just kind of. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Um, yeah. So, um, then number six. Okay. Number six is a movie that I have not been able to talk about yet on this podcast, and it was one of my more anticipated movies, but its placement on this list is not because it was one of my anticipated movies. It's because it was a pretty awful movie. And that movie is Passengers with Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm glad this movie, I'm glad to get the like the heads up on that movie. Just a oh
0: yeah. It's it's so it's one of the most frustrating movies I've seen um, because it is on paper. It is like my favorite movie. It is Jennifer Lawrence. It is Chris Pratt. It is Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt in space. It is those three, those two in space in a story that's shrouded in mystery of them being the only two in this like colony ship that have woken up from their hibernation 90 years too early. Like this stuff is amazing. And Uh, this movie was also like, they, they tried to get it made for like 10 years. Um, and it was on the Hollywood blacklist for unproduced screenplays that were, that were like really highly sought after. So I'm like, this movie is going to be freaking amazing. It is awful. It does. It's the first 15 minutes. It are are really uh really satisfying for a science fiction fan because it does a really great job of world building it uh it, the tech is really cool the actual the design of the ship is really cool but then it reaches a moment where um it just it goes it goes down a path that could have made for one of my favorite like it could have been an, a really intense and great and gratifying movie. Uh, for me as a science fiction fan but instead it squanders that to be this really this really formulaic uh adventure action movie where things come up like like um the plot the plot unfolds in such a such a um uh script needing way like there are things that come up out of nowhere like oh now we need to go do this and now we need to do this and now this needs to happen this character needs to do this or this character needs to have this uh, this uh, thing and it's all because of the pl- the script needs it it's not anything organic and it is so frustrating um and it, what sucks about it is there is such an amazing uh, thing, there's a, there's a moment in the movie that I think in a, in a better movie could have been just a really intense and jaw-dropping, um, action thriller set piece. It's, um, it's, uh, Jennifer Lawrence is swimming in a pool on the ship when the, the artificial gravity goes out. So she's in zero G in the middle of just a, a ball of water that's floating. And like that idea is so, Amazing and so cool, and it, it it's terrifying, and then the movie just squanders it. Um, as a as a, as far as a set piece is, it's oh this was such a frustrating movie, and I I ah, oh, I was so angry, I was so angry uh, after after it was over because it was just not what it could have been. Um, yeah, so that's Passengers. That's that's number six on my worst of movies, but um, uh, I didn't mean to go on that much of a tangent. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was very frustrating. So um, next up is uh, – number five is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Uh, just really didn't like it. I just I just flat out didn't like it. The writing was terrible and it was – nothing in it was for me. I, I couldn't connect to it. Um, number four was The Accountant. Um, this movie was three movies kind of pushed together to make one movie and in terms of – like in doing that – dropped like several like important plot elements uh, for each individual one. So it was just a complete mess. Like that's how it felt. It was created. Um, I don't know if that's how it was done, but um, there is a character in the accountant who is a treasury agent who uh, there are two scenes, two scenes where her investigated investigative techniques are literally her Googling something. (laughs) And it is, it's, It's obscene. It's terrible. It's dumb. Uh, The Accountant. And then... Okay. Top three worst movies of 2016. Number three, Suicide Squad. Just a mess. I I really didn't like it. I I almost put Batman v Superman on this list, but I didn't because I kind of felt like, I don't want to have two DC movies. And Suicide Squad was the worst. But it deserves it.
1: They both deserve to be on the list. I I accidentally... Like... (laughs) took suicide squad off it should also be Mm -hmm. on there
0: they they do both deserve it i really was not a fan of batman v superman but i do give it some points because coming out of the theater i did like overall like if you go back and listen to our review of it um i actually came away from it thinking like there were parts of it that were pretty fun um i was pretty okay with with some parts of it like the batman action sequence thing uh toward the end that was i thought that was cool
1: oh yeah that fun four Um, minutes Right out of two yeah. and a
2: half hours. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah. But uh, so I, I kind of gave it some points for that. Um, but anyway, Suicide Squad, terrible, terrible movie. Um, when you have a character that is a member of the Suicide Squad that pops up out of nowhere when every other character gets an introduction, that's a problem. Like it's it's just it's indicative of the entire movie that they don't know how to tell the story, and it's it exposed that. The, that the DC extended universe isn't a Zack Snyder problem so much as it is a DC Warner brothers problem because they don't know what the fuck they're doing with this, with this universe. And it's, I would love to see them steer it, uh, into, uh, onto a better course, but I don't see that happening. Um, it's just, it's suicide squad was terrible. Um, and then my top two, bottom two, essentially, um, number two was collateral fucking beauty. Um, <laughs> um Mike, have you seen this yet? No, are you kidding? I avoided that like the plague. Oh my god. I, I this I immediately, like looking at the trailers, I was like,
1: This <laughs> this has to be a joke. Yeah.
0: This this movie Why did is, you see it? I saw it because of the backlash, honestly because I saw the trailer and I, I didn't I didn't avoid it like the plague I thought okay that looks that looks okay that doesn't look like it's for me it looks like a movie like that looks super hokey and super uh, just not not my thing but I had heard the words uh, morally reprehensible thrown around with it and I was like okay well now I've got to see it <laughs> um, and I saw it and yes like the trailer the trailer depicts a movie where Will Smith um, is grieving the loss of his daughter and is visited by these concepts that he has been writing to uh, time, death and um, love like angry letters that he's been writing to them saying like, why did you take her away from me her, her time? Why, why is my time or whatever? Um, and so these, these, these concepts visit him and kind of like guide him through his grief and everything. That is not the fucking movie that this movie was. This movie was 10 times more cruel and horrible. And like this movie is offensive. Like it is offensively bad because the character it's, it's, what the movie is truly about is that these, that there are characters in this movie that are doing horrible things for selfish reasons at the expense of someone who is hurting at the most, at the worst part of their life. And it's, it's morally reprehensible. Wow. (laughs) It it is. It was so like, there were moments in the first act of this movie where I was like, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, okay, this is whatever. And I kind of thought like, wait, is this what they're doing? And then I thought, no, this, this can't be what they're doing. This, this can't be what they're doing. And then, and then I realized that, yeah, that's what they're fucking doing. They are going down this route that is so deplorable. Deplorable. Wow. That is so deplorable. And it is, it is what makes it even more terrible is that the movie is self-aware enough to know that what it's doing is wrong. Like what the story it's depicting, like the characters who are taking part in this, in this, this plot that is terrible. Like they sit there are scenes where they say, um, like this is wrong. And it's not like a, it's not like a, um, uh, it's, it's not like a, uh, um, a, conversation or a debate of whether it's wrong it's like it's like the writer the screenwriter was like okay well we need to have them like say that that they know what they're doing is wrong because you know it's you know this is the it's batshit insane what's going on in this movie let's just go ahead and have them say it so that we're safe but it's not because it's it's oh my god this fucking movie um yeah so that's collateral beauty it's don't fucking see it no one see this movie. It is. Horrible, and the worst part about it is that it is presented as the feel-good holiday drama that the that the trailers um, made it out to seem. So while the trailer presents this uh, Christmas Carol esque movie, the actual movie is this terrible, terrible, um, deplorable movie that is also like a supposed to be a feel-good holiday drama thing, and it's just it's it's terrible i hate it collateral beauty that's number number two and uh whew, i'm so glad i finally got that off my chest <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, number one worst movie of the year is uh dirty grandpa i saw it earlier in the year stupid comedy completely i mean it's more continuity error errors than i've seen in a single movie than i saw all year probably um and it's just it's stupid stupid comedy that went that didn't deliver on anything. There were moments that, uh, that I just, I don't, I don't hate it as strongly as collateral beauty, but it is it, the comedy in it didn't go anywhere for me. And I, I think that that's uh, a pretty egregious, uh, um, uh, crime that it committed, uh, just that I didn't think, I didn't find any part of it funny and I thought it was a waste of time. So that's Dirty Grandpa, my worst movie of the year and fuck Collateral Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeez. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, picked a hell of a week to stop with the, uh, bleep button on Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, so that's our worst movies list. And then we're going to kind of wrap things up because I know we've been recording for a while. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah, I, uh,
1: I got to go to bed.
0: Okay, real quick uh, movies you're looking forward to in 2017,
1: go. Oh, Spider
2: Man. Mike. Homecoming.
0: Oh, nice.
1: And awesome. Star Wars. I mean, it's always Star Wars.
2: Sure. Yeah. yeah. Tiny. Uh, Silence, been in the works for 30 years. Uh, Martin Scorsese, one of my favorite filmmakers. So that's up there. Of course, The Dark Tower. It's. Mm-hmm basically my favorite thing ever star wars of course yeah it should be a good year
0: yep same here uh logan spider-man homecoming star wars episode 8 guardians of the galaxy volume 2 yep and of course uh the dark tower i cannot wait um i don't at this point i just i just want to see it yes i don't it's it's gonna it's happening um, yep. I'm just excited about that. So, anyway, um, that does it for our 2016 in review episode. Um, if you guys like what you heard and you want to help support the podcast, the easiest way to do that is to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Helps out a ton. And if you want to uh, donate to the podcast, you can do that at um uh, with the donate link on obsessiveviewer.com or go to patreon.com/slash obsessiveviewer. And uh, next week, uh, next week is our 200th episode, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we're going to do favorite TV shows. Are we still going to do that? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. And Mike, I assume you're not going to be able to make it for that. Yeah, or? I won't be
1: able to do that. That's, yeah, a- that's 200 though. That's awesome.
0: I know, yeah, right? That's awesome. 200 episodes. Yep. Very cool. Um, yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, I guess that about does it. Any parting <laughs> thoughts, Mike, where it was great having you back?
1: Yeah, no, not really. Other than it was, it was fun to do this again. Um, I, I, Need, need to watch more movies i need to be more obsessed uh love yeah. you guys love talking to you guys and thank you everybody for listening
0: yep I love you, you too buddy, buddy. hope yep. you, we get uh hope we get some more pine tree perfume from you yeah and definitely. Uh, i will yeah.
1: i will shoot you one on thursday for sure
0: sweet and uh congrats on all your success and everything everything that happened to you this year both of oh, you guys thanks man, thanks, man. Yeah. Guys. yeah
2: yeah absolutely
0: yeah. um Great. So yeah, that about does it. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time.
2: Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by obsessiveviewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at matt, tiny, or mike at obsessiveviewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessiveviewer at Obsessive Tiny, and at I am Mike White. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.